dude. 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 Yes, sir. We are white. <laughs> Our dance skills are horrible. Hi, guys. Happy Halloween to everyone. We are the Dude What Movie Review Podcast. Dude what? I'm one half of the hosting squad, Mr. Brian Sumner. Very festive feeling, Mr. Brian Sumner, sitting over here. Across the table from me is the beautiful Jim Miller, wearing his bandana. Say hi, Jim. Hello, Jim. Ooh, sinister. <laughs> I like it. We're going to have a lot of fun. We haven't done this in a very, very long time, Jim. This is our Halloween special, something a little different from what we normally do here on the show. Our first official Halloween special with a relaunch. With little, yep. Our new season. We just had our regular season end. And now we're in our holiday season, and what better way to do it? I'm excited. Dude, I am stoked. I've been looking forward to it. Obviously, you and I off-air had been talking about a week ago I was supposed to record. Yep. And I woke up, and I, I wasn't making a voice. It was literally, I, was, <laughs> I sounded like death. And uh, you're like, dude, you sound like crap. Yeah. <laughs> you called me up, you're like, I, I feel fine, but yeah. uh, uh, I'm like, like, no, dude, like, you no. sound horrible. <laughs> so, so, you know, it, it just created... All this energy this last week, I was like, man, I'm so excited to be recording. And now I've got this massive mug of hot chocolate uh, with the Hocus Pocus mug. And I'm, I'm just stoked, man. Let's do this. Yeah, so. we got the studio kind of rearranged. Got our horror icons hanging out on the on the table here. We got yeah. skulls everywhere. We got ghosts. <laughs> we got scary movies. We're festive. I think so. Oh, we're ready to have some freaking fun. This yeah. is going to be great. And so we hope that you guys are going to have fun with us joining us on this little Halloween excursion. I'm looking forward to it. We got so much that we do on our holiday specials. It's like basically a two-in-one, a due table discussion where we we talk about all kinds of different Halloween topics. We're going to play games all throughout the show. And then we're also going to cram right into the middle of it a movie talk with an actual Halloween-themed horror-style film that I've never seen that I should have already seen like we do on the show, and we'll break it down. Yeah. So... It's a big extravaganza. We always look forward to this. We're a couple years removed from this. Um, Two years ago, we were supposed to have our third Halloween special. And for some reason, there was a lot of stuff that was going on at the time. And we just didn't have time to do it. And then, of course, last year, <laughs> the wrecking ball that is the year that should not be mentioned, yeah, which was like a whole it was a horror movie. In it itself. was a horror, yeah. definitely a horror movie unto itself, <laughs> living out in real life. And so, yeah, we're two years removed from actually doing our, what we would consider our third special, but we're not going to call it the third. It's a relaunch. It's brand right. new. That's we're right. coming at you with some all new stuff, and we're going to have a lot of fun today. So let's just get into it, man. First off, Jim, how the hell are you? Feeling better? <laughs> sounding better? Yeah, it, it helped that this last week I was on vacation. Right. That always helps. <laughs> of course. It's weird because when you live in a nightmare for so long, yeah. and then you get a, a reprieve from it, you're like, wait, is this reality? Right. <laughs> it does mess with your head a little bit. <laughs> and Yeah, it's been great, man. Got to hang out with the fam a lot. We did a staycation, so we didn't go anywhere, really. Right. Uh, Nora's birthday. I usually try to take off for the kids' birthdays. And how old is she now? Dude, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> She's seven, man. It's crazy. She's seven. I mean, yeah, I just was like, gosh. I was like, you're closer to a teenager right. than you are to when you're born. Right. 
Man. <laughs> well, we had this discussion not too long ago with my daughter. Yeah. My daughter just turned 17 this past That's summer. Insane. And it's like, what? And like we talked about, you use it as a barometer to measure our the length of our yeah, friendship. Yeah, the length of our friendship. It's, yeah. a rel- it's close to that time. I mean, you and I have been friends close to 20 years. My daughter's 17. So basically my whole daughter's yeah. life. Yeah, I mean, I was filling out applications <laughs> for uh, another job. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, hey, how's your daughter? And you're like, what? <laughs> what does that have to do with your application, Jim? I was like, weird. I was like, that, that's how I know how, how long our friendship has been. So. <laughs> that's hilarious. That but yeah, funny. man, like it, it's been a good week. We've done a lot of fun things. I mean, last night was actually yesterday was technically Nora's birthday. She wanted to celebrate by going to Gaddy Town and then Cold Stone after. Nice. Big day. It was. And I only bring it up because my kids like to dance. If you've ever um, listened to any of our old episodes, you know, <laughs> yeah, we dance. do a lot of dance parties in my house. Yeah. Uh, well, Isaac in Coldstone, in front of the door, was like just spinning around and dancing and eating his cotton candy ice cream. <laughs> and he was just a, a full-on ham. And then at one point, he just, he bends over and puts his head like on, on the, the floor, like yeah. he's going to do a rollover, but he doesn't know how to do that yet. So and then he just puts his arms out. <laughs> that was like his finishing move. And I was just like... Where on earth have you ever seen that? But yeah, so it's just a lot of fun, man. Family's been good. It's been good to have a good week off. So nice, yeah. So how have you been? Not bad. Dealing with work. Don't want to talk about it, so yeah. we're not going to. Got a quiet house for the first time, and I don't know how long. It is all the kids have gone out of the house? It's empty. It's it's like a, a ghost house. Yeah, and I love it. And it's nice. I absolutely freaking love it. And uh, it will only last for like another day, if that. Maybe less than the day. But I'm gonna relish it for now. <laughs> and the <laughs> weather has changed. The weather has changed. Uh, we always talk about the weather in Evansville. It's actually dropped. The temperature has and uh, a little cool. Slept with the window open last night. It was nice, yeah. pleasant. Uh, I'm usually more of a spring type of person, and maybe early summer, but. I got to admit, I do love the fall. So I'm letting it usher in and I'm taking it. I like it. And it's helping drive the feeling of the season right now. So Good. we're going to use that as our fuel to get into the show. How about that? You're letting it possess you. I am. I'm letting it wash over me yeah. like an exorcism. That's awesome. But minus the exorcism. Just let it stay in there. There you go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> All right. So let's get on with the show here. One thing that we have done on our various shows and not just our holiday specials but just other shows throughout the past is we have done a get to know the duder segment we have okay and usually when we do it it's just one little segment uh, it's one section of the show all right but we've decided to do something a little bit different kind of in the same vein as with what we've done with our St. Patrick's Day hangover we turned that into a drinking game <laughs> yes we did which that was a lot of fun and then also with our Christmas special which we have our reindeer games throughout the show you would hear a sound bite to signify the reindeer game uh, we're gonna do something kind of like that here on our show for our Halloween special what's synonymous with Halloween trick-or-treating Obviously, you got the lights on, the decorations out in the yard. You got kids coming up all hours of the night, knocking on your door, ringing your doorbell, wanting some candy, right? Oh, yeah. So, we're going to do in the form for our show of getting to know the duders, we're going to do some trick or treating. (laughs) So, when you hear that sound that you just heard right there, that's going to be our trick-or-treaters coming up to the door, and they're going to want to get to know us. They're going to want our candy, first off. Well, but we're not going to give them any candy. We'll see. Well, we'll see. 
<laughs> so our get to know the duder segment is going to go throughout the whole entire show. You're going to hear that sound bite throughout the show. And when we do that, it's going to be between me and Jim to decide who gets the door. <laughs> you want to get the door this time? You want me to get the door? Sure, I'll get the door. You're going to get the door. Okay. So what we got here, what we got going on is um, trick or treat. We have trick questions, kind of more sinister, darker, maybe kind of questions. And we have treat questions, which is more kind of family friendly, kind of fun Halloween themed questions. And so I have the scariest mug known to man for Halloween that Jim will draw from. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that is terrifying. It's a FedEx mug. <laughs> so inside of the mug is a trick or treat. Jim's, Jim can't control himself. <laughs> Compose yourself, Jim. It's not that scary. No, I, I was just thinking that looks a lot like the one from the break room. Did you steal that mug? Shh, Jim. That's shh. even better. Oh, gosh. All right, so inside the mug are pieces of paper that say trick or treat. Oh, man. Jim's going to draw one, and then whenever he draws it, I'm going to ask him a trick or a treat question. So, oh. Jim, go ahead and grab you one out of the scary FedEx mug. Gosh, it almost feels like brains in there. Mm, brains. <laughs> All right. What you got? Treat. You got a treat. All yep. right. Here we go. You ready for your first treat question? Man, I night? hope so. What was your first Halloween costume that you can remember? That I personally can remember? Yeah. Hmm. I feel like it was like an E.T. costume. I've seen a lot of theme from your childhood. Well, I was just thinking that. E.T. E. Like, pajamas, E.T. Like, e. glasses. There's a lot of E.T. going on in my, yeah. my, in my family, I guess. The one that I can remember, the little you know kid mask. Yeah, you, yeah, you the, the plastic with the string. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I remember seeing a ton of kids in my neighborhood wearing that. You know, I was trying to reflect back and think. I, I remember seeing a picture. I think of my dad was dressed as a pirate, and I was in a clown outfit or something. Right. But probably the first memory of a Halloween costume. That's what that would have been, yeah. Sweet. So, yeah. Awesome. All right, so as the night goes on, when we get more trick-or-treaters, you're going to hear them coming throughout the night. Uh, we'll be answering some of our Get to Know the Duder questions trick-or-treat themed for our Halloween specials. So you have that to look forward to the whole entire show. You never know when it's going to pop up. This is going to pop up at random times because, I mean, that's how it is when, on Halloween, right? right. Trick-or-treaters, right. they just show up at random times. So let's get on with the rest of our show. Our next segment here, we'd like to show some love to people who show some love to us. And, and we do that and by the way of a shout-out. But it's going to be a little bit of a spooky shout-out. Man, that is that's pretty creepy. Sinister. <laughs> I like it. On this spooky shout out, we're gonna do it by way of through our all access and our email. So, who are we giving shout outs to? Let's see if I get her name proper. <laughs> right. <laughs> Brianna Linville has actually sent us a few emails. Right. Which we, we like, by the way. Right. We we're very happy about. Very much so. And we had talked about on previous episodes that she's one that's been burning through the archive. Yeah. Little did I know that she wasn't listening to any of the new episodes? Of the new episodes. See, I didn't know that. I thought she had already listened to the new episodes and then was going back. But no, she went back and started at the very beginning and has been working her way through. Yes. And so, because I think she maybe had listened to one of the first ones and yeah. then was like, okay, I'm going back to listen to the Right, right. And so she's been burning through that. And then now she's gotten into listening to 
Our new run. The latest season. Yeah. So she sent us a few different emails about a few different episodes. Uh, there's one that we're going to talk about at Christmas time and another at Thanksgiving. So right. we do have them. We have Anna. them, and we are we, going we, to address them as as the holiday season unfolds, for sure. Yes, yes. So just know that we did get them. Yep. We're not ignoring you. We will answer all of your... <laughs> we love you. All of your questions. <laughs> However, there was one yeah. concerning Carrie. <laughs> this should be interesting. <laughs> And actually, I, I thought it was going to be like a long, like, hey, this was my favorite movie, and, you know, or something. <laughs> None of that at all. None of that at all. Yeah. All she said was, I challenge you both to watch the new Carrie and discuss how you feel it compares to the old one. Ooh. Smiley face. Ooh. Yeah. We might have to make that a special movie talk segment then coming up down the road or something. Could be like a... The Duder's homework assignment. Hey, I like it. Yeah, I, I think we uh, actually addressed. It. I think I've seen parts of the new one, but I don't. I don't remember seeing all of it. I I, I may have seen it. I I don't remember it. I, I don't remember it yeah. at all. And I know so, that I, I know for a fact I haven't. Right. Seen it, so. so that would be a fun thing for us to do at some point down the road. And so we will do that. We I, I accept your challenge, Brianna. We will definitely do that. And so we'll watch that, and we'll be happy to report back on that film and uh, make comparisons. It'll be, it'll be a good little side by side kind of comparison thing to do there to see which one actually addressed the story better and actually structured the story better. So that'll be a lot of fun. I don't know if I've actually recouped from the last character. <laughs> now that I think about it. <laughs> a horror hangover. We might have to put a little buffer there before we <laughs> before we watch it. We, we might will, have we to address this next it, year. Yeah. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> so piggybacking off of Brianna's emails and talking about Carrie, we also had some love in All Access because you had posted in All Access asking if anybody had any questions, Halloween-themed or yep, the yep. season-themed. Just, hey, ask us anything. Yeah, and who, of course, stepped up to the plate? Obviously, Amy Carlisle. Super fan Amy Carlisle. That's right. We can always count on her. I actually told her that in All Access, too. I was like, we can always count on you to step up. Yes. She came with uh, three different questions, actually. Love it. The first one was, do you think you would survive in a horror movie? <laughs> No, <laughs> probably not. And I feel like I don't know. way, 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 way back in our first Halloween yeah. special, we we kind of uh, we kind of had a conversation about like a zombie yeah. movie or something. I look. Here's the deal: if there's any running involved, I'm dead. Yes. If there's anything to do with water, I'm dead. Water or running? Water or running? Basically, anything with physical exertion, I'm dead. <laughs> Which is kind of essential to living. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, you know, it depends on the horror film. If there's a dude like a Jason or a Michael Myers coming after me, I'm probably dead. Yeah. But I always thought that, you know, like in like a zombie outbreak, I think I could survive. Like The Walking Dead, I could survive <laughs> yeah. in The Walking Dead. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's stupid. It's The Walking Dead. <laughs> if those idiots can survive, I can survive in The Walking Dead. It's it's real simple. Just don't get involved in anybody's stupid drama <laughs> and just keep your eye open for a freaking zombie. Yeah, it's not that hard. Yeah, I can survive in that. But that other stuff, no. What about you? Uh, you know, I I would like to confidently say, yeah, I can survive. <laughs> but let's be honest, I'm probably like the first one to go. Right. I'm just arrogant enough and just have enough confidence to think that I could probably survive. And then the second that you just step out, you're gone. Yes. It'd be one of those like, but I'm laying down to take a nap and an arrow comes up through the bed or something. You know, it'd be one of those moments. Yeah. <laughs> Shaking that bacon. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was your first mistake. Shouldn't have been shaking that bacon. That's right. That's right. 
I'm like you. I, I could look at a zombie and go, I could do that. I yeah. could survive that. Um, I mean, heck, I, I play out scenarios of like, what if there was a zombie right. apocalypse? You know. But yeah, if there was a Jason or Michael Myers, I'd like to think I'd just get in a, a vehicle and drive across the country. But <laughs> the reality is, he'd probably be in the vehicle. You know. So yeah, I, I would. I'd probably be one of the first to go. So. That's hilarious. So the second question, yeah, that Amy asks is, what is your first or favorite memory? Of Halloween as a kid. Ooh, first or favorite. Yes. Okay. Do you want to go first? Or you want me to go first? I'll let you go first. My favorite memory of Halloween. This is the easiest question for me to answer. I think I was 14 or 15 years old. My aunt and uncle on my mom's side were throwing a Halloween party. And it was like it was like a Bunko party. Anybody ever played Bunko? You ever played Bunko? I freaking love Bunko. I've never played Bunko. Bunko is for old people, but I freaking love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> okay. It's a dice game. I, I love it. Anyway. They were having a Halloween party. My mom and dad were going to it. My mom had to leave later to go to work. But my dad was like, you and your brother can come to the party, but y'all got to hand out the Halloween candy first. This is a two-parter for me. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and we're like, we really want to go to this freaking party. <laughs> like We, we want to go to the party, but we got to hand out all this stupid candy, right? Literally, the first two people that showed up to the house, we handed out all the candy. Wow. That was their favorite memory of Halloween. My, my brother, my brother's seven years older than me, and we are laughing. We we just were laughing our asses off. And he's like, Well, I guess we can go to the party now. Wow. So we ended up we ended up hanging a, a, a piece of paper on the door that said, We're out of candy, go next door. They got a lot. <laughs> and we were getting ready to leave and people were coming up to the door and oh, we're like no. we're like little like little kids <laughs> like hunkered down by the window or looking and you see this little kid walk up, he's dressed up like a ghost and he oh. reads it, and he's like, It says go next door, they got all the candy and the dad <laughs> the dad that's trick or treating with him is laughing his ass off. <laughs> And so we leave, we go to the party, and my dad's like, y'all hand out all the candy? Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> sure did. We didn't tell you who we handed it out to, but we handed it all out. It was hilarious. Oh, but then the, the party, and this, and this is like the main part of my memory, the Bunko party, the way they had it set up, they had a series of card tables throughout their house, and they had them sequenced, and like it was like you were progressing through the tables, and they okay. had, they had okay. the head table. That's where you wanted to be. I was young, you know, so I was in my cousin's bedroom playing his Sega Genesis. I was in there playing video games. Yeah. And my dad came in and he goes, uh, I'm going to leave. Do you want to do you want to stay here with your brother or you want to come with me? And I was like, I'll just stay here. And he goes, well, do you want to take my spot at, at the tables and play Bunko? I was like, yeah, sure. I go, where are you at? And he goes, I'm at the last table. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thanks. <laughs> so he leaves. I take his spot and I proceed to work through every single table and i make it to the head table and i'm at the head table at the end of the night wow it was just it was a super fun night it was so much fun i loved it and i <laughs> i've been trying to organize a freaking bunko party like ever since ever and nobody since. wants to like what's that yeah. i'm like come on sounds like a bunch of bunk oh i'm gonna kill you Jim, get out. Just get out of the studio right now. I don't want to talk to you ever again. What about you? First Halloween memory, best Halloween memory, what you got? I'm going to be honest. I don't have very many. <laughs> Not a big holiday for you? Well, so most people know I grew up in the church world. Yeah. As, was, there, was there a religious stigma about well, the holiday so season? As, as oftentimes there is, religion can take something fun and really ruin it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Or, or there's an attempt to sanitize it, right? So right, right. Uh, one thing, and anybody in the church world or anybody that grew up in the church, they will know exactly. The right. moment I say this this phrase, they will be like, yep, harvest parties. 
Oh, God. <laughs> so It sounds incredibly boring. Uh, yeah. And it sounds exactly like what it is. Uh, but, like, a lot of times, the churches and stuff, uh, what they would do is instead of have a Halloween party, they'd have a harvest party. And if you dressed up, it had to be Bible characters. <laughs> oh. Ugh. So, basically, you have all these kids wearing bathrobes. Stop talking. This is the scariest thing I've ever heard, Jim. <laughs> right. This fits right in with what we're doing here right. on the Halloween special. <laughs> right. I'm terrified. I don't right think now. you asked for a favorite or a first. <laughs> but you just can't. You, I don't you can't. have. <laughs> You're most, so traumatized. <laughs> most of my favorite Halloween memories are from when I'm older. <laughs> the Halloween parties and stuff that I threw. You know, like, uh, wow. I don't know. But, you know, some of those, I guess, for what it was, was, yeah. was fine because you still got candy. Yeah. But it just. Silver you know, lining. Look yeah. for that silver lining. Yeah. But, yeah. Wow. All I should have said was harvest parties. Amy wouldn't know exactly what I was talking about. <laughs> she, she would be like, yeah, she'd be like, oh, man. She would have rolled her eyes. Oh, my God. She'd be like, that's so rough. <laughs> I'm so sorry for you. <laughs> yep. And I think Amy's got one more over there, doesn't she? Yeah. So the third question she asked was yeah. found footage horror films. Ooh. Opinions. Ah, well, here we go. I'll take the lead on this one. I mean, hanging prominently in the studio since day one, my autographed Blair Witch Project poster, one of my prized possessions, uh, autographed by Greg Hale, one of the producers. I love found footage horror films when they're done well. Yes. And I feel like Blair Witch Project kind of heralded that genre of that style of movie because they got it so damn right. And it wasn't necessarily the film. It was everything that they did to lead up to the film. You know, you can throw a found footage style film out there, but it doesn't mean it's going to be good. You know, it could be horrible, but if you take care of how you lead up to the film and how you market the film and how you promote it, then yeah, I, I think you can have success with it. I think Blair Witch Project is a prime example of how successful you can be. Say what you will about it now, however many years removed from it, but when it came out at the time, it was freaking landmark. It well, was that, huge. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like when I read that question, I was immediately my mind went to you know the Blair Witch Project. Yeah, and then it very quickly after that went to a kind of one of the reboots of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Okay, I like you with the found footage. Yeah, like it, it's one of those that like if you if it's believable enough. I think it really, really yeah. works. Well, because it pulls you in. A long time ago, we talked about like the marketing and stuff that they did yes. and, and the way that they did the marketing yes. in such a way to where even some of the act, like one of the actresses thought she was in a snuff film. Right. And so like even they were, you know, were put in a place to where they believed what they were in. You know, it right. wasn't like they were acting as much as like... They weren't acting, they were reacting. Reacting, yes. And so I think that's why it made it so effective. Uh, the reason why I thought about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like kind of the, the reboot or whatever, because it's the end like the very end of that film yeah it has quote-unquote found footage right right of like the police officers investigating the basement and all this stuff and and it really it was kind of that cherry on top of right, the movie. right it kind of gave you that feeling of like you know that you're watching a movie that is not real but when they put you in a space where it feels real that's whenever you start getting <laughs> yes. the richness of the story yes and that's what i was gonna say like it's texas chainsaw massacre yeah the way they ended it though with the found footage it, it, you leave the theater going was that real? Like, well, and, and it goes back to that drum that we always beat on our show, storytelling. And if your story is compelling enough, then it doesn't matter how you present it. You know, it doesn't matter what window dressing you throw on top of it. If the story is compelling, people are going to want to watch it. People were doing it for centuries before we actually had film. It was called plays. So to sit there and say that plays were not compelling. Well, yeah, they were. 
They plays would move people. Operas would move people because it's all about the performance and it's all about the story that you're trying to tell. And so you can do that with found footage as long as your story is compelling. Yeah. Like something like Blair Witch Project, it had such a build with its marketing and its storytelling that they did, making those mockumentaries, having those little specials that led up to it. They really suckered you into what you were about to watch. And right. so when you actually sat in the theater for the first time and watched, you're like, holy shit, what did I just watch? Right. You're like, you know? did that happen? And then yeah. afterwards, you know, they pull the curtain back on it and you realize it's it's not real. But then in that moment, you have one of two options. You can either say, bravo, fantastic performance. Or you can say, well, that sucked. And more times than not, people were like, that sucked because they didn't want to feel like they had the wool pulled over their eyes. Right. It had nothing to do with the actual story in the film. It had everything to do with the fact that they were fooled. Yes. And they, yeah, they didn't want to accept that fact. Right. Or admit it. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll wholeheartedly, man, I believed in it. I was like, holy shit, this is yeah, real. I'm never going to the woods again. <laughs> I'm never <laughs> going to those woods, ever. <laughs> we really appreciate Amy Carlisle stepping up and giving us some Halloween-themed questions to answer. And uh, Brianna, thank you for emailing the show. We'll cover the rest of your emails as our holiday season progresses. So let's just move on with the rest of our show, Jim. Yeah. We got something fun we're going to do right now. I just want to play a game with Jim. Do you want to play a game? Play a game. We're going to play a little game, okay? I don't want to play. I don't know who you are. I don't care. But I don't play games. You don't have to win. But everybody plays. Yes, Jim. (laughs) You don't have to win. But everybody plays. (laughs) So we introduced during our regular season, a little fun game that I played with Jim where I would play themes from movie studios and he had to guess what the movie studio was. And so we're going to do that, but we're going to do it with a Halloween spin on it. Uh, We're calling this Soundtrack Slayer and I'm going to play themes from Halloween inspired films, horror films. Oh boy. I'm going to play the theme from that film, a little snippet of it. And Jim's got to guess what the movie is. Real simple. This is going to go horribly wrong. No, it's going to be fun. <laughs> I'm not a huge horror movie, Halloween movie kind of person. This should be very interesting. This is all a, a way for me to make fun of Jim. To terrorize me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do it. Are you ready to do this? Yeah, all right, so I have eight of these. They're real small snippets. They're not real long themes. All right. right. So they're only you know a few seconds long. So, But they're long enough for you to get the uh, the idea of what it is. All right, so one through eight... Go ahead and pick a number, Jim, and I'll play the thing, and you got to guess what film it is. Uh, let's go with seven. Number seven. Here we go. You ready? Any ideas? Is it coming to you? <laughs> I would say Phantom of the Opera. Is that your final answer? Yeah, we'll go with it. Nope. Ah! <laughs> that was The Shining. Oh. <laughs> yep. There's a reason why I didn't know that that was the answer. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And what's that reason, Jim? I've never seen The Shining. Dude, what? You've never seen The Shining? I've never seen The Shining. There's somebody right now listening like, what did he just say? <laughs> I see. I've never seen The Shining. <laughs> I see a Jim's homework assignment in your future. Wow. I feel like there's a lot of reveals on our Halloween specials. <laughs> there always is. There always is. All right, Jim. Let's pick another one. Yep. Uh, you took off number seven. Number seven's off the board. So one through eight. What you got? Let's go with five. Number five. 
I feel like this is an easy one. <laughs> really? You're struggling with this one? Well, first I was going to say Nightmare on Elm Street. Wrong. But then I was like, it's probably Hellraiser. You suck at this. That would be wrong. (laughs) (laughs) That is the theme to the original It miniseries. Oh. Yeah. That weird little string at the beginning. It's whenever It slams onto the screen. It's like at the blood dripping off of it. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. I'm there now. There you go. You're this over two. This is yeah. This is bad. This is awesome. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, Jim, pick another one. Let's go with two. Number two. Here you go. You ready? I feel like this one's a gimme, too. Well, of course you do. You made them. <laughs> okay. I know this isn't it, but at first I was going to be like, is it Rosemary's Baby? But, uh, <laughs> I know that you would never even put that in here, but because uh, <laughs> it would require you to listen to the song. <laughs> I was thinking The Exorcist. I don't think that's right. Wrong. <laughs> As Psycho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you hear it now, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, you hear it now. I thought about putting that, dee, 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 but I was like, that's too easy. I'm not going to do that. That's too easy. I want to challenge my co-host. Well, fun fact. Yeah. I've never seen the original Psycho. <laughs> you haven't seen anything. <laughs> we should start a whole separate Dude What show <laughs> where it's season. just you getting caught up on horror films. <laughs> We'll just call it something that's horribly wrong with Jim. <laughs> what is like horribly that? wrong with Jim this week? <laughs> Hilarious. All right. Let's go with four. Number four. Ready? Yeah. This one's Nightmare on Elm Street. No, it's not. Let it, let's let it play a little bit. So you're feeling Nightmare on Elm Street. You want to stick with that answer? Is that your final answer? Yeah, let's go with it. That's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) It's not Halloween, is it? That was The Exorcist. Oh, dang it. (laughs) Okay. Here's the thing. We've done half of these. You have a chance to to sweep the last four and just be 50%. And And you know what? And that'd be perfectly fine. All right. You have one, three, six, and eight left. <laughs> Let's go with one. Number one. You ready? Yeah. This is a gimme. <laughs> Is this one Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> yes! <laughs> Jim has figured out the art of process of elimination. <laughs> Just keep answering Nightmare on Elm Street until I get it. <laughs> I finally got one. Nailed it. All right. Three, six, and eight. Let's go with three. Number three. Here we go.
Kombat? <laughs> <laughs> now, Jim. Is this one Nightmare? No, I'm just <laughs> I honestly don't know. Um, really? You're going to hate yourself when I tell you this if you don't get this. You want me to give you a hint? Give me a hint. He's B.A. He's badass. It's not Evil Dead, is it? What the hell did you just say? <laughs> no. <laughs> Blade. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess I, yeah, I guess that is a horror film. I didn't even, yeah. Well, he was in our tournament of death. Yeah. He won our second tournament of death. Dude, it's Blade. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I really suck at this yeah, game. Yeah, you're horrible at this. This okay. is funny. This is entertainment for me. <laughs> All right, six, six or eight. Let's just go six. You're so confused. Well, because the part of it, I'm like, is it Saw? But then I I feel like I've also heard that in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh I know that's right. It is. Yes. Yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, baby. Yeah. I got to be honest. Like, I had forgotten what that sounded like. And then whenever I was putting this together, I was like, that sounds terrifying. Yeah. Like, if I heard that shit in the background and some dude's coming at me with a chainsaw, just go ahead and kill me. And, like, make it quick, please. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Which he won't. He won't. No. <laughs> All right, your last one. Ready? Yep, let's do it. Friday the 13th. Yeah, there we go, Jim Miller. <laughs> There you go, buddy. You went three out of eight on that. <laughs> Man, that's bad. It's not great. Uh, hopefully but... payback is coming. We'll <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's get ready to move on to our next portion of the show here, Jim. Oh, hey. Trick-or-treaters. I guess it's my turn to get the yeah, door, Yeah, you huh? better get the door. I'll get the door. See if these jerks... Do you really have to put that mug up here for me? To look I do. I do. It's terrifying. All right. Let's see what I got here. Ah! I got a trick. All trick. Right. Here we go. What you got for me, man? <laughs> my condolences on your death. <laughs> you are left to haunt the future residents of your home. What kind of haunted house will it be? <laughs> Adam's family. Little kooky. <laughs> and a little spooky, of course. Poltergeist, interior decorator with an attitude, house of a thousand corpses, a fun house of death, <laughs> or 13 ghosts, sophisticated and creatively deadly. Jesus. What was the second one? Poltergeist. What was the description? Interior decorator with an attitude. Yeah, we'll go with that one. <laughs> I feel like I should mess with some people if like, if I have my untimely demise and then someone takes over my house. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Okay. That'd be fun. Yeah. <laughs> I would hate if someone did that to me, but I'll do it to someone else. Why not? I'm dead. Who cares? Okay, now that we got the trick-or-treaters uh, off our doorstep, let's uh, move on to our next segment here on the show. We're a movie review podcast. We like to talk about movies. We cover movies I've never seen that I should have already seen. We're going to be covering a horror film that I definitely should have seen. Uh, we're going to do that here in a little bit. But for right now, we like to talk about some current stuff. So let's do a little movie talk. Are you not entertained? 
Because that's not why you're here. I just want to watch my movie. I still love that soundbite. It will never get old to me. Jim, have you seen any scary movies lately? <laughs> well, Brian. Yes. I'm glad you asked. Okay. I've you seen got? some movies. You've seen t- <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Bring it on. What have you got? Okay, so uh, I've said before, I'm not a huge horror guy, but, you know, Halloween is coming up. Yeah. And we had a special. So I was like, I'm going to watch some Halloween and horror-esque films. Okay. I only had the chance, though, to watch one. Okay. It's called Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. I remember seeing the trailer for this when it came out. Yes. Okay, this will be interesting because I didn't know how to take it whenever I saw the the stuff for it. I haven't seen it. I didn't know how to take it whenever I saw the promos for it. Well, for me... Yeah. It's interesting doing this show. I I get to peel back layers of my childhood that I didn't even realize were... (coughs) layers until um doing things like this but for me this is just a a, a well-produced therapy session is what this is. <laughs> right <laughs> thanks guys um, <laughs> i remember getting this book in the library right i gravitated toward it often actually well i never read it but i remember the cover like i can see the yes. cover vividly yes yes the illustrations within with the stories i do have memories of that right and so when i saw that they were making a movie i was like Yes. And I, I, that is not my response when I see horror movie trailers, usually. <laughs> but I was like, yes, I have to see well, that. Well, you had that connection. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So for me, I was like, this should be really good. Okay, so expectation. You already had kind I of had, some built in. So yes. you go into it, and what it, you got? Mm, um, Oh. <laughs> 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 It's not good when you make that noise, Jim. Oh, I will say, like you know, what opening scenes and things, like the cinematography of it looked it looked good. The color grading, all of it looked good. It had had a good vibe. The introduction of the first kill uh, with the scarecrow was okay. I thought really good. Yeah. You know, they kind of have that build. You know, it's coming. Trying to weave these stories in together, I understand why they did it the way they did. Yeah, but it fell flat for me in a lot of ways because it felt like a common poor movie trope it's it's you know this girl who was misused and abused and all of that and she is haunting these people through telling stories and, and things like that so like that the stories that are being told is kind of what plays out to kill these different people okay her trope, story manifests to kill yes gotcha and so then those stories that play out they're just very random i don't know it some people probably loved it i just for me there was something about it that i just was like Repetitive? Done before? Not original? Yes. It felt more like, hey, we're going to take these stories from this book, put them on film, but the thing that holds it all together... Something that is has boring. already been done. It's boring. Yeah. Okay. And so, so that, for me, I wasn't able to get invested as much. And, like, I was invested. You had me because scary stories are telling the dark. But then the whole kind of plot, I don't know. There, there's something about that... And I don't, I can't put my finger on like it was this one thing. All I can think is that it's a story that's been told before, which is boring. <laughs> sometimes tried and true just isn't good. Yeah. You know, sometimes tried and true is boring. So, so it I, sounds like that's what you ran into on this. Yeah. So like it, it was kind of cool to see some of the uh, manifestations of the yeah. illustrations on film. Yeah. That was cool. But as far as the story and stuff like that, I just, yeah. it, for me, it... You mm, wish I had done something different. Yes. I didn't find myself being on the edge of my seat. Right. Which 
I feel like that you kind of almost need that a little bit, right? Well, the there needs to film, be at least a little bit of a, there has to be a little bit of apprehension, a little right. bit of uneasiness whenever yeah. you're watching a horror film. Like, what is going to happen next? You have to have that feeling. I, I, I didn't get that. Gotcha. That sucks. Yeah. Some people believe if we repeat stories often enough, they become real. They make us who we are. That can be scary. So how about you, Brian? Have you seen any spooky movies? Well, we are recording on the weekend that Halloween Kills has been released in theaters and on streaming services. I believe it's on Peacock. You can get it on there as well. Yeah. So about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I sat down at the house and my daughter, she had seen it and she had the DVD of the Halloween. So the reboot, the, the re it's, it's, it's not a reboot. It's like a continuation. All right. So here, let me explain what it is. So you had the original Halloween movie, John Carpenter's Halloween. Right. Okay. And you have subsequent sequels and reiterations, the Rob Zombie Halloween. We talked about that comparison between the two. So what they did was in 2018, they released Halloween, Go back to the original Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. Right. Okay. So you have that first one. Forget everything you know about the Halloween universe from part two to all the reiterations and just skip forward to the 2018 Halloween. Okay. That's your sequel. Okay. So for somebody like me. Yeah. Who had never seen Halloween until... So you can jump from that. You just watched it. You did that as a homework assignment on our second year of doing the Halloween yes. special. So now you can watch this newer Halloween, and, and that's your sequel. Just, just ignore all the Ignore everything stuff. else. This is your sequel. Okay. All right? But that, for most people, they've seen most of the Halloween. For most people, they've seen all the other sequels and all that stuff. And so yeah. they had to basically... They had to wipe that from their mind. For someone like you, who just recently saw the original Halloween, okay. and you jump forward to this one, that's your new sequel. See, I'm ahead of my time. You I'm are definitely... Definitely ahead of the curve on this one. And let me tell you something right now. That movie kicked ass. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. No, it was good. My daughter kept telling me that it was really good. She kept saying how great it was. You need to watch it. And she was geeked about Halloween Kills coming out this weekend. She yeah. actually watched it last night, sent me a text okay. that she was at the theater and then told me it was awesome. I said, no spoilers. I don't want to know. Okay. I'm, but, I'm glad to hear that about that your daughter thought it was awesome. Oh, she thought it was great. The things are already coming out. Re- reviews seem to be really divided. Well, <clears throat> I haven't read any of them. I just have I, seen that. Like, I'm staying away the, from yeah, them. I will say that Halloween. Yeah. When the the trailer came out for it, I was like, "Whoa, yeah, this so, looks yeah like so, it could be really good." Yeah, 2018's Halloween, which I wish they had come up with a different title than just calling it Halloween because it's right. kind of confusing because you have original you have, you have the original Halloween have. so yeah but it's however many years into the future you know from the original story Lori Strode she's grown up now she's she's a grandma she has she's had a daughter and then her daughter had a daughter and so now she's a grandma but she has basically spent her whole life preparing for the moment that Michael Myers is going to come back she okay. knows at some point he's going to try and come back. And then it's that part in the story where Michael Myers is being transported to a much more higher security facility where he is going to stay until he's dead, basically. He will gotcha. he will live out the rest of his days there. Well, and of course, during transport, he escapes. <laughs> and he comes back to Haddonfield to wreak havoc. And you see Jamie Lee Curtis in this role of she has prepared her whole life for this. She knew it was going to come. She's ready for it. And she is basically, she's ruined her whole life in preparation for this moment. 
and she's alienated her relationships with her family. She doesn't have a great relationship, and but because there's always this fear in the back of her mind, right. and everyone thinks she's just a crazy, kook, paranoid person. Like it's not going to happen, but right. then it happens, and everybody's like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so <laughs> it's brutal. The kills are insane. It's just it's terrifying. It's just a terrifying movie. Yeah, it's a it's a really okay. the cinematography in it. The some of the shot sequences they they do some of those long shot sequences where it's real intricate. Fantastic, fantastic okay. job with it. I will say, uh, seeing the trailers for Halloween Kills makes me want to see the first. Oh yeah, you know the reiteration yeah. of Halloween. Oh, so, you'll love it. Um, you'll love it. It's great. It's it's suspenseful. It's a horror film in its suspense. Okay, and it's dark and it's gritty. And it just it has a really good feel to it. So like, do you do you feel like it? Um, it's finally giving Michael Myers a little more justice as far as his character. I feel like from a story standpoint, this is where it should have been. Okay, like this is where it okay. should be. You know, yeah. we talked about the difference between the original John Carpenter's Halloween and Rob Zombie's Halloween. Yes. I felt like that story was more rounded out in the Rob Zombie one because you got a little bit more umph to that story. Right, probably a little more grit. Yeah, a little, yeah. little bit more grit. This one. This one just really plants you into the drama of the dynamic between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. Okay. And where where that tension's going to build and how it's going to come to a head. It's just gritty. Like it's 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 rough and gritty. Yeah. Like like it has a when you watch it, you feel like you're in a horror film. Like you feel like you're in a terrifying situation. Okay. And it's it's brutal. It's just great. They did a really fantastic job on. It. I was skeptical about it when sure. it came out. Like sure, extremely skeptical because yeah. there's been like 87 Halloween movies, right? Yeah, you know, I mean, But I'm, I'm glad my daughter convinced me to sit down and watch it because I did go into it with a high level of of, uh, of skepticism, okay. and it more than exceeded my expectations for it. You see, I was playing with the idea of doing like a, a full Halloween marathon or something at right. some time and watching all of the reiterations and yeah. stuff of it just so I could kind of get caught up on who Michael Myers is. Like, because right. obviously up until a couple of years ago, I didn't, I mean, I knew who he was, but like yeah, I but didn't, you know didn't know anything know, about yeah. him. So, but yeah, this is good. I, because I, when I saw this, I was, uh, I'm just going to skip all that. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm wanting to go back and watch the original John Carpenter. Yeah. I want to watch that one. And then I want to watch the 2018 one. And then I want to watch Halloween Kills. I feel like with those three movies, you have a solid trilogy or you're going to have a solid trilogy. Right. I, I don't know what they did in the third one, the Halloween Kills. I don't know how they're going to end it all. I don't know if they're going to try and do more. I don't, if they're going to end it right there, I don't know. Yeah, I, uh, I do know with the trailer with the firefight. I was like, "Holy oh, crap, man!" Oh, the trailer of Halloween kills. And like, I believe what? I believe that's the opening sequence to the film. Okay. And my daughter said, "I'm not going to spoil anything." She said, "But the first opening sequence to the movie is insane." So I'm like, "I'm excited." <laughs> Everyone in my family like turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Lori Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. Do you know that I pray every night that he would escape? What the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. All right, Jim. That was some great movie talk there. Very good movie and a not-so-good movie. (laughs) (laughs) But hey, we're just giving our opinions, right? That's right. Just two guys giving their Halloween opinions. That's all. That's right. All right. So let's move on to the next portion of our show here, Jim. We are going to do a fun thing that we haven't done in a long time. (laughs) A really long time. We're going to play a game that's called Real Fake News. Real Fake 
news. Halloween edition. <laughs> I got to admit, I did not miss his voice. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, for some, we're sorry for the trauma that voice may have created. <laughs> <laughs> very triggering. Very, very triggering. All right, so we have a. This game is called Real Fake News, and basically, it's Jim is going to try and stump me with some movie trivia. Yeah. And the way it's set up is real is R E E L, as in right. a movie reel. Right. So it's either going to be real or it's going to be fake. So right. he's going to read off a, a headline. It's like a movie headline, right? Yeah, it's kind of either headline or a statement. Yeah. And you have to determine if it's so, check false or not. That's right. So, so Jim gets to uh, get some payback for a soundtrack slayer that had just happened a little while ago. So this should be interesting because he has stumped me big time in the past on this. So, all right. I'm ready to do it, man. All right. Well, we'll do uh, we'll do kind of an easy one, and since it was on my brain earlier anyway. Nightmare on Elm Street was a philosophical study. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street was a philosophical study? Fake. Real. I can already tell this is not going to be fun. That was real? Yeah. No. Yeah, so Nightmare on Elm Street explores questions in epistemology, the study of what we can know. Wes Craven was equipped to do this because he has a degree in philosophy. Oh, whatever. <laughs> whatever. This is going to go well. <laughs> The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, God, here we go. Was supposed to be called Cheesehead with a Chainsaw. <laughs> Fake. That is correct. Yeah. Oh, thank God. The original title uh, thought of for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre was actually Head Cheese. I thought I'd do a little play on that. I like yeah, that. Yeah. I like that. Well, I was about to say real because I think I had that little nugget tucked away in the back of my head. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got we, one. We warmed up now? We, oh, we good? Yeah, yeah, hit me with the hard stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Jack Nicholson's job as a firefighter prepared him for chopping doors in The Shining. <laughs> Fake. Such a disappointment. Nope, it is real. What? Jack Nicholson had worked as a volunteer firefighter, so when he tore down the bathroom door in The Shining, he decimated the prop door too easily and had to use a real door. Really? So he already knew how to use an axe. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Kind of scary, actually. It is terrifying. <laughs> now when you look at Jack Nicholson's body of work, there's a few that I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, I know one of our fans will like this one. Okay. David Duchovny. David Duchovny, yeah. Was to be the star of Final Destination. Fake. That is correct. Correct. It is fake. Yeah. Final Destination is, however, based on an idea for an episode of The X-Files that was never made. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Let's see here. Gene Hackman was supposed to be Hannibal Lecter in Silence of the Lambs. Oh, real. Straight cash, homie. It is real. Wow. Yeah, so Gene Hackman and Orion Pictures split the uh, $500,000 needed for the movie rights to the book. But Hackman dropped out days after he watched clips of himself at the 1989 Oscars as FBI agent Alan Parker in the violent Mississippi burning, deciding not to follow up a dark role with an even more unlikable character. Huh. He was going to do it, but then changed his mind. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. The director of The Exorcist says The Babadook is the most terrifying movie. Um, fake. You were doing so well up until then. Real. Ah! So on November 30th of 2014, Jennifer Kent's The Babadook got a major publicity boost when the Exorcist director, William Friedkin, tweeted, I've never seen a more terrifying film than The Babadook. It will scare the hell out of you as it did me. Well, I've never seen The Babadook. 
And the reason why I haven't seen it is because that is a stupid title. We've talked about my love for The Exorcist on here. Yeah. And I think it's the most terrifying film of all time. So for William Friedkin to say that about The Babadook. That's a big deal. That's a huge freaking deal. So definitely have to check that out then. Yeah. Samara from The Ring. (laughs) Our girl. Yeah. Had a great showing in the second Tournament of Death. She really did. Yep. Her walk was not CGI'd. That's real. You said that pretty confidently. Yes! Uh, you're not going to eat me! It's true. It is real. Yeah! Why do you say that? Because I think I remember seeing something about that. Some behind-the-scenes something or other. Yeah, so she was filmed walking backwards, and then the shot was reversed to give her that more terrifying gait. Right. That was kind of an easy one. <laughs> All right. The look of the creature from the Black Lagoon was inspired by the director's best friend, Oscar Felsch. Real? You are one pathetic loser. No, it's fake. Ah. Oscar Felsch was a baseball player for White Sox. <laughs> However, Universal managed to snag an up-and-coming filmmaker with a prestigious resume to direct Creature from the Black Lagoon, seems Jack Arnold, uh, whose documentary with these hands had received an Academy Award nomination. Though he didn't get the Oscar, Arnold kept a souvenir certificate that the Academy always mailed to its nominees. The little card would go on to become an unexpected source of inspiration behind the scenes of Creature for the Black Lagoon. Well, there you go. Yep, yep. How did I do on that? Um, I, four, I got half of them? I got half of them. You, well, let's not talk about it. <laughs> you did way better than I did on the Slayer, I will say that. So let's move on to the next part of our show, Jim. It's what we do here on the show. Oh, I believe it's your turn to get the door, Jim. Oh, of course it is. All right. Reach into the mug of death. (laughs) Trick. Hey, all right. What would scare you the most on Halloween, Jim? A crazed escaped convict on the loose in your neighborhood or a real deal chilling encounter with a ghost? (laughs) Based on my past experiences, (laughs) I would have to say a crazed lunatic the escaped convict in your neighborhood i think so yeah i feel like i would probably have a little more fear than with a ghost with a real deal ghost yeah okay which is probably really twisted (laughs) i I don't know i mean escape convict like a crazy escape convict that's a highly dangerous running through your neighborhood yeah i can see why i think more so because i i have kids man right i can see that we could talk about ghost stories some other time (laughs) (laughs) which actually you know talking about ghost stories you know saying we'll talk about ghost stories down the road friend of the show our former boss from the original defunct (laughs) homer's radio network Stephen a turner he and i are actually going to sit down and we're going to talk about our ghost adventures, so to speak. He and I used to be in a paranormal investigation team here wait, locally. Wait, could you say that again? <laughs> what did you just say? Friend of the show, Stephen A. Turner and I, we actually had a paranormal investigation group. It was called Ohio Valley Paranormal Group. And we would actually go to different places here in the tri-state and investigate and see if we could find any any spooks and haunts. <laughs> And I'll tell you right now, we found some spooks and haunts. <laughs> we caught some stuff that was unnatural, yeah. like just flat yeah. out unnatural. And actually, we're going to record us talking about that. And we're actually going to release it here on our Dude What feed as part of the Halloween extravaganza. So that'll be something fun. It'll be separate, you know, from what we normally do. And it'll just be just some extra bonus material for you guys to listen. Some spooky ghost stories. 
while you're going through your candy on Halloween. Yeah. It'd be a lot that, of fun. I'm excited for that. I know that you guys did something like that years and years ago. Yeah. It was more of a live thing that you had done. Yeah, we um, did it uh, live for the Homer's Radio Network, and the production on it was garbage because yeah. I had to call in. We weren't in studio together, and it was just – it didn't – it yeah. it was okay, but it wasn't good. Yeah. So I, I'm excited to hear uh, with you guys around the microphones together telling those stories, and I think a lot of people – um, are probably really surprised to know that you were yeah. a part of something like that. Yeah, we had a lot of fun doing it, and I, I'm looking forward to rehashing those stories because we had some interesting stuff to talk about. So it'll be fun. So, all right, let's move on with the show here. Like I said earlier, we're a movie review podcast. It's what we do. We uh, give you guys a new way to look at some of your old favorites, and we watch movies that I've never seen that I should have already seen. Obviously, the Halloween season, this is our Halloween special. We got to talk about a spooky, scary movie that I've never seen, right? <laughs> yeah. Usually, whenever we do this segment i have categories that i've given jim and then i give him selections but the category is halloween spooky scary that's the category so what's in the box is a film that i definitely should have already seen from a horror standpoint from a halloween standpoint from a scary standpoint so let's just find out what's in the box oh what's in the box You know, we still haven't fixed the squeak on that box yet. <laughs> you have the box over there, sir? I do have the box. All right. Go ahead and crack that bad boy open, and let's see what spooky, scary film we're going to be watching today on our Halloween special. This should be fun. What? <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. The Poltergeist? I've never seen The Poltergeist. Are you serious? I've never seen it. I can't say much. I have seen Poltergeist. You have seen it. But... You don't remember it. I want to say it's like the TV version. Okay. So, um... So, let, let's be honest, though. So, I, I, it technically would be a... True Dude What Movie. Yeah. I like it. I like it. So, we're yeah, going on this like journey I, together. I, yeah, I feel like there's a few times that I, I saw it on TV. I can remember it being on TV whenever I was younger. I think there's a couple of scenes that I remember, but overall, nope. Never seen wow. it. Wow. Rem- I think I remember one thing from it. Well, and, I, and and it's actually right here on the cover, the little girl with the TV and the yep. the, the white here. yeah the white yeah. noise going on on the TV. I can remember that, and I can remember making jokes about that as a kid. Whenever our TV would have a station that went out, and it was just the white noise. I can remember yep. standing by the TV and messing with my parents. But the film, I don't remember. So anything you're being about all cute, and they're probably like, Whoa, "What is going a on, devil kid?" <laughs> <laughs> I got to make a confession to you, man. You know, as I was coming over, Kylie, you know, she usually likes to ask, like, "Hey, what movie are you guys doing?" And I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "It's a Halloween special." Right. He doesn't give me categories or anything. It's just he reveals it to me. However, I'm really hopeful that it's Monster Squad. <laughs> Wolfman has nards. <laughs> and she looked at me, I go, I've just really been wanting to watch that lately. And I know that at once upon a time we had talked about how you hadn't seen it. Yeah. So we come I come in to the studio and you've got it decked out with all of our like all our Halloween stuff. Yeah. And all the Halloween movies sitting on the uh top the, the divider, divider here. Yeah. And the top one is Monster Squad. So it's like, <laughs> oh <laughs> But dude, the, the poltergeist, man. Big one. That's a big deal. Yeah, it's a big that's one. It's a really big deal. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're going to do right now. We're going to break away from our Halloween festivities right now. We're going to go watch a film. A Halloween-inspired, spooky, scary film, man. The Poltergeist. I've never seen it before. If you guys have never seen The Poltergeist, go get you a copy of it. Pull it off your shelf. You probably have it. You can't go rent it. 
<laughs> rental stores are dead. The rental store is a ghost. You can probably rent it on like Amazon. You can rent it on Amazon. Buy it on Amazon. I don't know. Wait till we review it, then decide if you're going to buy it. <laughs> but go check it out. Take you some notes. Come back on the second half of the show with us and sit down and have a chit-chat with us. Let's compare notes. Let's talk about it. Let's get into it, man. Let's talk about everything about it. Let's talk about the cast. Let's talk about the story. Let's talk about the special effects, if there are any. Let's talk about the scariness. All of it. There's going to be spoilers on the back half of the show because we're going to dig into everything. We're going to dissect it, and we're going to see how I feel about it, and we're going to see how Jim feels about it because he doesn't really have a full grasp of it as well. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Join us on the back half, and we'll see you guys here in a little bit. You know, I think the storm's going to pass us. How do you know? Because I can count. You know what you do? When you see the lightning, you count until you hear the thunder. If you can count higher each time, that means the storm's moving away from us. They're here. Now reach back into our past when you used to have an open mind. Remember that? Uh-huh. Okay, just try to use that for the next couple of minutes, okay? I don't like the tree, Dad. This is an old tree. It's been around here a long time. Hey, it was here before my company built the neighborhood. I don't like storms. Looks like we have dust. Knows everything about us, Rob. That's why I built the house next to it so it could protect us. Poltergeist are usually associated with an individual. Hauntings seem to be connected with an area, a house, usually. Something they desperately desire but can't have anymore. Right now, she's the closest thing to that. And that is a terrible distraction from the real light. Finally come for well, we're going to keep this thing in the family, Diane. That's good. In the morning, I'm going to call somebody in. Oh, yeah? Who, for instance? I already looked in the yellow pages. Furniture movers we got. Strange phenomenon, there's no listing. We've already made arrangements for relocating the cemetery. Oh, come on. I mean, that's sacrilegious, isn't it? Don't worry about it. After all, it's not ancient tribal burial ground. Besides, we've done it before. When? In 76. Right down there. We don't care about the disturbance, the pounding, the flash, the screaming, the music. We just want you to find our little girl. One, two, three, four. This son of a bitch, you moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? This son of a bitch, you left the bodies and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! This house is clean. One, two, three, four, five. And we're back. Yes, we are. From a poltergeist of a mess for yep. ourselves. For ourselves. Let's go ahead and address that yeah. right, right off the jump. So we're watching along. Everything's going good. Yeah. We're taking our notes. I'm eating leftover hacienda. Jim's mm-hmm. munching on the popcorn. We hit the one hour mark. DVD freezes. And we thought maybe it was the DVD player, but no, it's just the DVD. And then we thought, oh, we'll skip through. Yep. Nope. It wouldn't. It literally would just stop at that point and would not let you go any further. Yep. So... 
that created about a 35-minute delay in trying to figure out how the hell to watch this movie. And after one unsuccessful trip to Walmart and then an unsuccessful trip to Dollar General, finally found it on Amazon Prime for rental. And, and that's when we really determined that as much as we like Amazon, we hate Amazon. Absolutely. they are the reason movie rental stores are no longer. Yep. They killed the video store. They really have streaming services, but we're going to hold Amazon. Especially Amazon, because you can just get pretty much any movie on it. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. There's pretty much any movie. What's terrible about it is the uh, Amazon Prime, you pay extra for the Prime service, but then you still have movies you have to rent, which is what we ran into today. Right. But hey, whatever. We did what we had to for do. For the price that you would have paid for to rent a new <laughs> one at Family Video. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So, anyway, got that out of the way. Yep. Major interruption in, in our process. Yeah, Disruption. Just, it just it kind of took our flow away. We had to go leave, leave the studio and watch yep. it in your living room. And watch like, it, yeah. It just all kinds of. Yeah. So, let's, right. yeah, let's let's, write, let's, let's, let's uh, write the ship. Let's, oh, wait. <laughs> Imagine that. <laughs> Trick-or-treaters. <laughs> trick-or-treaters came to the door jim all right before we dive your, into the movie i think it's your turn i it? think it is my turn let me put it right here in front of your face so you can look at the cup of death yeah let me go to the bottom of the cup we're doing the get to know the duders might as well get this before we jump into the movie talk of the poltergeist i got a treat jim a treat treat all right congratulations <laughs> You were just hired as the production and marketing head of the only candy maker that matters, Reese's. <laughs> only one problem. The yep. pumpkin maker is fried and you have to find a replacement. Do you replace the pumpkins with a Dracula head, mm-hmm. a mummy face, mm-hmm. a wolfman head, mm-hmm. or a lagoon creature? Oh, that's easy. Gotta go with Dracula. Man. What? Why would you say that? I just I love Dracula. I thought maybe it's because all the Reese commercials with the, the two holes and stuff. But you give me the option, I'm going to go Dracula every time. Every time, yeah. Like Dracula, vampire, the whole thing, the cloak, the the everything, all of it. Yeah, yeah. I'm all about me some Dracula. Which I, I'm a huge fan of Reese's anyway. No, just it doesn't matter. Yeah. Really. I mean, when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter. But and actually, I just saw that they have a bat now. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. But then I don't know if it's like dark chocolate or what. That's, I don't know. They're breaking into that. But oh. anyway, no, I, I, I like your idea better. Yeah, I like the dragon because I mean, because then you can do different poses, you know? You'd have like the cape up, you know, or the one where he's got the cape over his face, yeah. you know, like silhouetted kind of thing. Yeah. I'm feeling it. All right. Yeah. Cool deal. All right. Got those trick or treaters out of the way. Let's get back to what we're doing here, man. All right. So, Poltergeist. Yes, sir. Definitely not the TV version. Uh, <laughs> you think? Yeah. Which, a fun fact, I guess, Spielberg really fought for them to make it PG instead of rated R. Now, this was before PG-13, FYI. Okay, here's the thing, all right, and I made a couple notes that it's going to kind of tie in with this a little bit, loosely. Sure. I had made a note at one point, too much whimsy. We talked about this when we covered The Color Purple. Yeah. Talked about Spielberg adding levity to dark material that doesn't need to be in there. Like, whatsoever. Right. And more so levity with the music, right? Is that? Yeah. And, yeah. and I noticed that as well. Yeah. That was another thing that I... There, there was just a weird level of levity yeah. to a very dark subject matter. Yeah. And it just seems to me, when you're dealing with something like this, if you're not going to go full-on comedy with it, don't even add levity to it. Because you're just going to muddle up the suspense and the horror of it all. Yeah. Was this rated R? No, it's rated PG. He fought... 
for them to rate it, it a PG. Look, this is a rated R film. Yeah. This is rated R subject material. Yeah. Most, like, most there's definitely. no reason for this to be a PG film. Yeah. And trying to make it a PG film with as dark a material that it is, you're doing a disservice to the story. It's ridiculous. There's no reason for that. Yeah, I agree. I didn't know that this was PG. Yeah, I thought this, I, I didn't I thought either, this was rated R. He, he fought for that. I was like, and then after seeing some of the stuff we saw, I was like, how is this a PG film? Look, I would never sit down with my family and watch this. Look, I get the whole thing like with Spielberg. Like he he has this weird kind of thing that he likes to do with his storytelling to where he adds like a little bit of humor, the levity that we've talked about. I get that. If that's a style that you like to do, that's fine. But you have to recognize that that doesn't apply to every single script. It just doesn't. So I don't know, man. Like, it just, it, it threw me. Well, and so since we're kind of dabbling with it, I'll go ahead and bring this up and then we'll get to some of your notes and just your thoughts and stuff on the movie. But there's actually been a rumor, I guess, that has gone around since the beginning of this film that actually Spielberg had directed it as opposed to, to Toby Hooper. I can see that. And Hooper denies it completely. But the actress that played the medium, she was only on, on set for six days. But yeah. the six days she was there, Spielberg was directing it. <laughs> so that, that's why they, there's this debate. Right. And I guess the reason why it's such a big deal is because contractually, Spielberg was working on E.T. at the time of this, which we kind of talked about that when we talked about E.T. Well, the, one of the first thoughts that I had, I didn't write it down, but one of the first thoughts that I had... It looked like they were just filming in the same neighborhood that E.T. was filmed. Yeah. Uh, and, and well, and see, I don't know if you, like in E.T., those of you that are listening to that that episode, we talked about how he kind of looked at the E.T. and Poltergeist as like a yin and yang to the suburban life, right? Like yeah. a suburban dream versus a suburban nightmare. Right. But yeah, there's been a lot of speculation. And after I read that, but then even watching it, you know, again, it like felt like I was watching Well, look, here. It, it felt like a Spielberg film. Here's sure. the thing you watch the credits at the beginning. He produced it. He wrote it. I mean, he had like four different credits on right. this film. It would not surprise me in the least bit that he had some kind of hand in the directorial stages as well. It just would not surprise me at all. Yeah. Because when you watch it, it felt like you were watching a Spielberg film. Like there was so much about it that had his fingerprints all over it. Right. The, Which is, is kind of expected from a producer standpoint for the most part. For the but. most part, yeah. But I mean, ultimately, whenever you're a director, you want to have a vision and a tone for, for your material. And right. I just, I felt like I was watching a Spielberg style film. If it were me, if I were Toby Hooper and I looked at this after it was done, I wouldn't be able to say that it was mine. Yeah. I would say, well, that's a Spielberg film. Go ahead and put your name in the credits. You might as well have, right? right. Like, but yeah, so I or do I, a I, weird acronym where you take the letters of Steven Spielberg and 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 smush them around, you know, and scramble up the letters and come up with like an alternate ego, <laughs> like Peven, <laughs> Pevin Spellerberger, Spellberger, Spellberger, Pevin Spellberger, Pevin. The only film he made. So I do have a few uh, little facts yeah. and uh, some to keep with the Halloween theme, I think. As I well, like it. So. But I want to talk about just the film in general, man. What were your thoughts? Great concept. Spooky. Scary. Scary as hell, actually, which is why I'm surprised it's a PG and they didn't go like R with it. You right. know, It's a terrifying concept. Kind of like a parent's worst nightmare kind of deal if you're dealing with talking about the paranormal aspects of it and everything. Really strong concept. I mean, I can't really say that it wasn't fully executed properly. I just think there was a lot of stuff around the execution of the story that kind of drugged down the story a little bit. 
kind of muddled it maybe? Or? Maybe, yeah, just a little bit. Like, just kind of took you out of the overall enjoyment of what the story should have been. Is there anything specific that comes to mind? Nah, not really. I mean, I just, I keep coming back to the whimsy and the levity that was added into certain situations within it. And like you said, the music, some of the music selection, it was just this upbeat, kind of triumphant kind of style of music. And it's like, you're dealing with some dark shit right now. You know? It kind of almost kind of harkens back to the Jaws uh, effect. Well, yeah, yeah, bit, right? yeah. The, I mean, the, the thing music. about... The thing about Jaws, though, is like the where the music was kind of weird in those instances. It didn't detract you from the film. It just kind of made you kind of perk up and go, "What? What, what are you yeah, doing here? Yeah, what, yeah. what is this? What are you doing?" But in this one, it detracts because the the subject matter is so dark. It's not a light-hearted subject matter. No, it's dark, and then yeah. you see some of the imagery that is used, like definitely not PG oriented. Well, you you mean like the the skeletons and stuff. I mean, like uh, Craig T. Nelson pulling on the rope too soon and the big demon head coming out of the closet. <laughs> or whenever uh, Deborah Joe Williams goes back upstairs after the house is clean and she's in the hallway and the big giant, like, freaking look like a demon dog skeleton barking yeah. at her. Yeah. These are not what I consider PG themes, Jim. <laughs> I mean, it's like there's something about it to me that doesn't scream PG. It's a dark subject matter. So yeah. treat it like a dark subject matter. Don't try and lighten it up because you're trying to reach a younger audience. Why would you want to reach a younger audience with this? Yeah, I don't. That I don't know. There, I mean, it doesn't make any sense. What I think of fun for the whole family, I don't think poltergeist. <laughs> no. <laughs> you barely even think E.T. <laughs> It's fair. It's yeah, yeah, I mean, seriously. I mean, unless you're my mom, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> Love you, Bob. <laughs> well, I brought up the skeletons only because supposedly the, they used real skeletons, like real life skeletons for that. That's the work of the devil. No, they did not. I couldn't find anything that was ultra, ultra verified on that, but every fun fact page that I was finding brought that up. Actually, a lot of people think the film was cursed because there was a lot of things that happened. And they think it was contributed to the fact that they use real skeletons. Why would you use real skeletons? Why? I guess, I guess it's cheaper than making props. I don't know. Like, look, you, let me explain something. You get them cheaper. <laughs> the cemeteries like remodeling. What? I don't know. <coughs> I don't know. What was Spielberg doing in the eighties? What? What is happening? <laughs> Maybe they're trying to keep it authentic with the whole storyline. What was he doing? <laughs> he decided to go method with the script. <laughs> We're going to open up a portal to another dimension. What? <laughs> We've actually built this house we, on we a cemetery. We built this on an Indian burial ground. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking specifically to that part of the story, does the dad not bring that up? Yeah, I, I was waiting for him to bring he, it up he, with, like, the, uh, with the paranormal. Well, when, the, when the medium came and not, you don't mention that at all? Talking about how so much energy and presence in this house and this house has many hearts and... He's all skeptical and all this crap. But literally, like, ten minutes prior to that, he's on a hill with his boss talking about... And finds out his house was built on a... On a, in, on a, a burial cemetery. ground. Yeah. Okay. I did find that that was a little little odd. Everything that has happened up until this point, he looks like absolute dog shit. Yeah. He's so worn down. He's so petrified and scared. What happened to his daughter? Where's his daughter? How's he going to get his daughter back? But then they bring in a medium... And now he's cracking jokes and like he doesn't believe in all this stuff. It's like there's not a level of believability right. with the character yeah. at, the, at to that point. It's like to me, as a desperate father in that moment, I'm believing everything. Well, and I mean, you, you've been brought to this point now. I mean, where you you literally have not gone to work for a long time. So yeah, I think you'd be throwing everything at the wall. Right, I agree. 
I mean, let's be honest. I probably would have moved everybody out. Except for the fact that, yeah, my daughter's stuck in the, in the wall somewhere. Right. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why are they living there? Yeah. I don't understand it. Which, and, uh, and then, like, and it, even... At the at, end, the, the, yeah. That, and then at the end, it's like, you're moving out of the house. Why, why are you staying there? You can come back for your yeah. shit the next why day. Why are you hanging out taking a bath? And secondly, why are you letting the kids play <laughs> behind a closed door in the room that sucked your daughter why to is the closet? The, why is anyone even in that room? <laughs> why... Yeah, <laughs> and, and here's the best part. Now here's here's the here's the the great part about it. Okay, <laughs> so you had the uh, the poltergeist disco in there, right? Yeah. Swirling the beds and everything around, right? Sucking it into the closet and all that stuff, right? In the time that that happened, and they got the kid back out, they reorganized the bedroom <laughs> to move out to move out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> And they left the clown behind. And you left the clown strategically sitting in the chair. Look, I I, I get it's all points to drive certain things that you want to yes. do within yeah. your story. Yeah, I yeah, get yeah, all yeah. that, but it's, it's yeah, but there were goofy. There were some. There's like wait, wait, it's wacky. Makes no logical sense. <laughs> no, it makes no sense I whatsoever. Mean, most horror movies don't. But no. why are anybody on the second floor at yeah. all? Why are you in the house at all? Yeah. I mean, at that point, I would be happy living in a tent in the yard. Yeah, I would have just paid movers to pack everything up, and I would not have come yeah. back. I was just like, just load it all up, and like, hey, here's the keys, guys. We're gonna go. Uh, you might want to avoid the second floor. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even say that. I just yeah. go, hey, you know. just go ahead and move it. Just get everything out that you can. I would start on the second floor and <laughs> work my way down. I just, I would, yeah, yeah, it is what it is. Honestly, the only humorous levity-inducing thing that they should have done in the whole entire movie is what happened at the very end when they went to the hotel. And yeah, he closes yeah. the door, and then he open, the door opens back up, and he slides the TV slides out on the TV yeah, tray. Yeah, yeah, that is the only humorous thing that should have happened in the entire film. Yeah, I mean, you can have a little bit of humor and stuff at the beginning when you're building your story, yeah, but when once it gets into the, it, yeah. once you're in that pocket, yeah, there's no reason Just to introduce yeah. sappy music, silly, shitty music, silly dialogue, silly circumstances. None of that. Yeah, from that point on, it's suspense. Yeah. Focus on your story. And then once you're out of that and you're on the other side, then you can breathe a little bit and introduce a little bit of fun, which they did at the very end, which was which was funny. It was funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's, a, that's a funny little like thing to add on the end there. And then you pan out. And, it was kind of nice little cherry. Yeah. It's a, it's a nice little ender, you know, but when you're trying to cram that crap in the middle of your movie, a movie like this that you fought to get to PG that should be an R. It most definitely it's should be an R. questionable decision making. Which it's, my question is like, what was cut from the film to make it a PG? <laughs> like the, what I saw was an R-rated movie. <laughs> just just from the aspect of the children being in so much danger. Like you had a kid being strangled to death under his bed by a freaking clown. Yeah, so fun fact about that. <laughs> he almost literally was strangled to death. <laughs> what? That's not really fun. <laughs> It is a fact, though. But yeah. So apparently, he even yelled out, I guess, in the while they were filming that. At a point, he yelled out, I can't breathe. And Toby Hooper thought that he was just ad-libbing. Oh. And Spielberg apparently was on set, like, every day. Directing. Right. <laughs> Running second camera. Uh, and I guess he apparently stepped, like, realized, like, his face was turning purple and stuff like that. Realized that whatever device they had to wrap around him... Apparently over tightened and yeah, so it created a a moment of like, good god, oh crap, this kid almost died. So let me get this straight: <laughs> you fought for a PG rating on this film that's clearly an R, and then you go and you use real skeletons and you use a device that almost kills a kid. 
again, what is going on with Steven Spielberg yeah. in the 80s, yeah. man? I mean, you know, it was like this like his punk rock era. I mean, what is he doing? I mean, he's, he's producer, he's writer, oh. he apparently was director. Um, good god, and also the the medic on site, apparently. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's got credits. How everywhere. many hats do you want to wear, Steven? <laughs> right. I've got some other interesting facts concerning this film here in a moment, but let's talk about just ghost stories and, and kind of this this idea of a house being haunted. And yeah. What do you look for in a film that would be in the wheelhouse of a poltergeist type film? They pretty much nailed some of the stuff that I like to see whenever you're dealing with a style of movie like this. I mean, stuff being moved, the the like objects in the house moving kind of tricks, the camera tricks where like you go away from one shot and you come back, like the, the chairs on the table. Yeah. You know, all the chairs are pulled out. She puts them back in, comes over, comes back, and they're all stacked up on the table within a matter of seconds. Cool little camera tricks like that. It's something that you can do to get a max effect without having to go crazy with, I mean, obviously CGI wasn't a big deal at this time, but nowadays, you know, it's like everything is CGI heavy. You know I mean, everyone relies on it too much, I think. You know, yeah, it's just, definitely you, a crutch. Yeah. Instead of just using practical camera magic and practical effects to get something that looks super real. They hit on a lot of cool things in this one, I think, with that. You know, sliding across the floor, objects moving, uh, lights dimming, going bright. The camera effect with uh, Deborah Jo Williams going up the wall and across the ceiling and coming down. That that whole thing. Obviously, they filmed that with a, a rotating room right. to get that effect. I mean, with a fixed camera. I mean, it's just... Simple stuff like that adds to the realism of a movie and a story like this. So I look for stuff like that, like cool little tricks like that. So you let everybody know earlier in this episode that you were once a paranormal investigator. Yeah. How ironic we cover this film. (laughs) So do you feel like these investigators were believable? Could you relate to them in any way? Yeah, actually, I kind of perked up a little bit whenever she was trying to describe the difference between a haunting and a poltergeist i I don't know if i necessarily agree with how they had the breakdown of that like she even said it's not a practical science it's not something you're going to go to a school and study and get a degree in it's literally a hobby that you learn on the job or on the hobby like it's in the field learning it's something that you work on and you do and it's literally a guessing game all the time you have theories and you try and test theories and it, sometimes they work out, sometimes they don't. Yeah. You know, it's really just kind of chance. The whole paranormal investigating and getting into that, like you can have procedures and things that you do that will work nine times out of ten, but on that tenth time, you get nothing. So it's kind of a guessing game a lot of times. But the way they carried themselves, the way they were using different types of equipment, the ease with which they were getting stuff, that doesn't happen. <laughs> that just does not happen. You know, I actually made a note. I put Ghost Hunting 101, no extra noise, because yeah. the the dude, the dude, the, the, well, the dude, the one dude eating and, chips, and the other guy, he's sitting there with headphones on, listening to rock music. It's like you're not gonna you're not gonna catch shit doing that, man. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. I, I was I was kind of giggling at stuff like that. You know, there's a lot of aspects of paranormal investigation that they did in this film that was accurate. I feel, yeah, based on techniques and stuff that I've used myself. So let's say you and Steve uh, got the band back together, <laughs> and you visit a house, yeah. and your introduction to that house is the room that they saw. Oh, upstairs? Yeah. <laughs> would you go ahead and quit your job and do that full-time, or would you say, I'm done, I'm out? What, the, what's the paranormal investigating? Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, I'd, I'd be gone. <laughs> I can tell you for a fact, Steve would be out the door. Yeah. Like when they introduce and we, yeah. like when they open the door and you see all the shit spinning around, yeah. Steve would already be in the car. Yeah. <laughs> and I would be probably two feet behind him. Right. You're like, yeah, this was a hobby. That's all this was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. Tell you guys, uh, you guys try turning the fan off. I mean, just. <laughs> Have you tried moving? <laughs> We've never encountered anything ridiculous like that, but yeah. I, I can safely say if I saw anything like that, I'd be like, yeah, I'm out. I, there's nothing I can do for you. <laughs> yeah. Call a priest. Yeah. <laughs> I know a guy named Jim Miller. Oh, man. <laughs> Okay, cool. So there's a lot of uh, different things, like obviously the the moving of the furniture and stuff, and you kind of alluded to and yeah. kind of hit some of those, but was there any particular jump scares or camera tricks or just anything that really stood out to you that was like kind of your moment of like, you know, because like on slasher film, there's different kills. Right. You know, that you can kind of be like, oh, that was a cool kill or whatever. Uh, was there anything that stood out to you that was like, that was, I don't know, a moment for you in the film? Because well, there's a lot of different different moments. One in general is the the use of white noise from the TV. I, I made a note of it. It's kind of funny. I'm going to get technical with you with some paranormal investigation stuff <laughs> okay, here. Okay, all right. With white noise, there's a certain theory out there that paranormal energy can communicate through white noise. But the problem with that is there's also a thing called uh, audio matrixing, which is basically when your ear hears something that goes into your brain and your brain processes it and tells you it's this. Okay. So your, your brain is able to process. Yeah. If you have white noise, it's just constant staticky noise. Your brain can tell you that's white noise but then your brain is also hearing other stuff within the white noise. And so that's called audio matrixing. It's basically your brain trying to tell you what noises you're hearing, even though you're not hearing anything. You're exactly. just hearing white noise, but there's like frequencies and stuff within the white noise that your brain is trying to decipher. Okay. Okay. So that's called audio matrixing is when your brain is trying to tell you that. Well, with white noise, the theory is in the paranormal world that you can use that to channel EVPs, electronic voice phenomenon, through that because it picks up like this kind of surreal out there kind of frequency and channel any kind of communications that come through that. That's why the TV in this film, that's why that's used. Gotcha. You know? Okay. Yeah. And that's that's like a big thing. Like sometimes you'll see, even like early years of Ghost Hunters, some of the places that they would go, they would set up a TV with white noise and have a recorder going and try to use if they see if they can try to channel some voices coming through that. Interesting. Yeah. So seeing that on there as like a practical use of telling a story, it made sense in my head. You know, I was like, okay, I see what they're doing. And then, you know, you get to hear the voices coming, her voice is coming through that on this one station, you know. And so that was all kind of like, Tickling my brain a little bit, so to speak. Like, sure. it, like it was like that makes sense to me using that as a story point. Also, the uh, the shot where the camera turns and itself and looking up the stairs, and then <laughs> yeah. they they play it back, and you can see all the different spirits walking past the shot or whatever. I thought that was a pretty cool little thing because then you get to see all these different people that are trying to come through. It was pretty interesting. Cool deal. What do you think of the uh, the face thing <laughs> with the guy putting the cold water on his face? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean. It looked like shit. I'll just say that. Yeah. It looked like shit. You could you could definitely tell they were getting ready to do something with oh, practical yeah. effects. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. 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 There wasn't like a... Uh, it, it didn't look good. It wasn't a smooth transition. No. No. <laughs> it didn't look good. Did you see Spielberg in there? <laughs> what, what? Was he in there? He was. No, he was not. He was. What? No. What? No. Yeah. What? What? Yeah. Those were his hands pulling the mask off. 
Spielberg directed this film. All right. That's not a rumor anymore. All right. We're confirming it right now. He directed the film. He directed it. He produced it. He wrote it. He was a medic on site. He did special effects. I'm pretty sure he was the caterer. I think he drove people to the set and back. Steven Spielberg did everything on this film. And that's the, not a good thing, Jim. He played the little girl. No, like, <laughs> he was the girl. <laughs> yeah. Those were his hands. And the reason why, apparently, was that they only had one mask that was made. I guess there was only one. And so, like, it was one of those, like, hey, we have to get this shot because if we don't, we can't go back and redo it. So he was like, I'll just do it. So and... he was like, yeah, he wanted, he it was like, I don't want anybody to mess it up. So he was very hands perfect. Very, don't very don't you on. don't you say it? Don't you freaking hands no, on you, oh, I hate you! I hate you! I hate you! So you know what? You're getting one of these. Oh wow! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, perfectionist much? Overbearing much, Stephen? Come on! Look, here's the thing. That shot didn't look good. Yeah. It it just didn't look good. I think they should have done something better. I think they should have done something different. One thing they could have done in that moment, because you've already introduced fluctuating light in the house, right? Yeah. Lights coming on bright, lights coming off. You've already messed with that camera trick. You've already introduced that. People are accustomed to it in that shot, okay? You could have had a cut-in shot where he's wiping it on his face, and then it cuts back to the mirror. When he pulls his hands back, there's a part of his face missing. You cut back to him, and he's standing there. His face is fine. Lights flicker down, comes back on, more of his face is missing. Blood pouring, all right? Flickers off, comes back to him, his face is normal, cuts back again, it's just a skeleton. You could have done that instead of wasting your time on special effects prosthetic stuff that did not look good. Yeah. It just didn't look good. Yeah, definitely that, that cut was definitely, it was a little rough. It was rough. It, 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 it was pointless. It yeah. was pointless. No, okay, I take it back. It wasn't pointless. I understood what they were trying to do. It's the idea of the house, the entity, what is you know going on there is now starting to mess with these new with people that are here. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. not safe in the house. Right. Okay, I get that. But it's another one of those things, if it doesn't look good, don't do it. Like, what's the point? Yeah. It just detracts. Like, at that point, if it doesn't look good and it doesn't help your story, all it can do is take away. It doesn't add anything. It takes away. Just kind of talking about effects and stuff. What do you think about the tree scene? Now, Jesus. That, that, <laughs> that was kind of the introduction of, like, what the heck, right? Yeah. In its introduction, so many references, so many shots of the tree, you knew something was going to happen with the tree. I didn't know what. <laughs> they did a good job with the tree. <laughs> the tree was scary as hell. Yeah. It was really terrifying. When the tree came through the window and like grabbed him, I was like, well, that's terrifying. Right. But then when it started to eat him, right. I'm like, what the hell is going on? But what's crazy about that scene is you never see him actually pull him out of the tree. No. That's the thing that kind of, eh, I was like, eh. Because you see him go up there, he's struggling to get up there, yeah. it cuts back to and the mom, and then it the... comes back and they fall out of the tree. And it's like, you didn't see him actually pull him out of the tree. Yeah. I would have liked to have seen that. I don't know if maybe they couldn't pull it off logistically, I don't know. Or it was just a maybe, weird cut. Maybe Spielberg had a day off. <laughs> Spielberg was the tree. <laughs> well, I bring that up because apparently there's a few things that were kind of pulled from real life, and one of them was the, the tree scene. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with okay. this. You're like, pull so, from real so life. One of the, one one of the guys, the he was a co-writer, Michael Grayus, I think. In his childhood, a tree limb had crashed through his window. Yeah. Basically landed right beside him. So I guess as a kid, that was a, obviously a memory you don't forget. And then apparently Spielberg obviously helped write a lot of this. The reason why he chose the suburbs or that particular place that they did was because it reminded him basically of the suburbs that he grew up in. Okay. 
And actually, when it comes to the writing aspect, Spielberg wanted Stephen King. Because, <laughs> I mean, Stephen King was still kind of up and coming. I mean, do you, you do know, I, look, you can't go Stephen King and then fight for a PG rating. <laughs> right. Like, Jim, I'm starting to question whether or not Steven Spielberg is actually the genius that we think he is. And he's just <laughs> straight up madman. <laughs> yeah. Just a straight up madman. stumbled into some things and people just. I just, yeah. I don't. Some, there's like when we do these deep dives on these films, especially Spielberg films, or we see the questionable decision making that he does on certain things, and then the things that he does, it just has like this dark, weird edge to it. Like I'm worried for him and the people around him. <laughs> right. Like I'm afraid we're gonna see like on the news in like four years that like he went on a killing spree or something. Yeah, it's terrifying to think like what's going on in that head. Well, that reminds me of another fun fact. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I do have some. Facts uh, again. I keep teasing, and I'm going to drop them here in a second. But but yeah, apparently with Stephen King though, he, I guess his agent was wanting too much for their budget or something like that. So uh, they they weren't able to use him. But yeah, could you imagine? Could you? Imagine? I, I just I think I I honestly think that they would have benefited on this one more if they had pushed more for an R rating and just hired Rick Baker and said, take care of everything we need on this. Make everything we need to for this film to work. You know, that way they could avoid all the the silliness of some of the CGI that they use the computer graphics. Could you could you imagine for a moment Steven Spielberg, Stephen King and Rick Baker. And Rick Baker. No. I can't. It'd be the scariest fucking movie I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like that needs to happen. <laughs> it would be the most terrifying movie I'd ever seen in my life. All right. Dave Batista, if you're still listening. Dave Batista. <laughs> if there's one man that can make it happen, our friend of the, show, friend of the show. Friend of the show, Dave Batista. I want everybody to tweet Dude, out. Like at, you need to get that right now. I want you to tweet out at Dave Batista right now. He's on Twitter. Just uh, just find him. Just search for Dave Batista on Twitter. I want you all to tweet out, tag this show, and say, hey, we need a remake of Poltergeist with Steven Spielberg at the helm. With Stephen King writing it, with Rick Baker doing the practical magic and effects, and Dave Batista as the lead. That's there what we go. want. It doesn't even have to be a remake of Poltergeist. We just I could just be any movie. movie. Just, just any horror movie. movie. Any horror movie. Yep. And have his people contact Steven's people, both of the Stevens. Yeah, both of the Stevens. Yeah. And you guys get on that. <laughs> hey, we don't want any, just, okay, maybe just a what? tiny credit. Just a tiny credit. I just want Dave Batista to be my friend. That's all. Inspired I want. by true story. <laughs> Inspired maybe, by dude what? Maybe they could they could, they could tell the dude what story. There you go. That would be a horror film. <laughs> this Actually, is just about our recording process. That the scariest be. shit you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> Horrifying. It would be ten out of ten. <laughs> well. Do you have any other notes over there? I made a note. Uh, I wrote down Paranormal Activity, the scene in the kitchen with the chairs and stuff. I mean, obviously, movies like Paranormal Activity that fall in that vein, they've taken inspiration from Poltergeist. Uh, just little camera tricks that you can do and stuff like that to get maximum effect. We were both cracking up. I wrote down Irony, the little girl watching the white noise on the TV in the kitchen. And the mom's like, you're going to hurt your eyes. You're, you know, that's not good for you to watch and then change the channel. It's a war movie. It's a war movie. <laughs> We're like, what? <laughs> Noticed a crap ton of Star Wars gear right? in the bedroom. Yeah. What I was cracking up on, and most people have, who have seen the uh, the special, is it the toys that made us or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, they talked about the Star Wars 
collectibles now that yeah. these this little indie toy shop like out in Arizona or whatever put out whenever the Star Wars movies came out and nobody thought anything about them at the time. But now they're worth like six figures, all these right, toys yeah, and stuff, like right? Amount of money, and yeah. I'm watching the movie. I'm like, yep. I'm like, uh, there's a hundred grand right there. Yeah. There's a two hundred fifty grand right there. Oh, that Yoda that's over there. Yeah, yeah that's probably about seven hundred fifty grand right now. Light switch. Yeah, okay. That's, yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely two hundred fifty k right there. I'm like, look at all the freaking money that's just sitting there in toys. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Yeah, it I, I, I was cracking up on that. Uh, the posters on the wall. Did you happen to notice the alien poster? I did. I saw I that. Did. I was like, man, I wish we had that poster. And of course, in my head, I'm like, who would have that in their kid's bedroom? <laughs> <laughs> Spielberg. <Right? laughs> in his PG rated his bedroom. PG, yeah, right. That's pretty much all I had as far as notes go. All righty. Well, this is where this part takes a dark turn. Oh, yeah. But hey, it's Halloween, so why not? <laughs> I told you earlier. Poltergeist is believed to be cursed. Oh, boy. Told you a little bit about because of the skeletons. Yeah. Here's why. Heather O'Rourke, who plays Carol Ann. Okay, the little girl. Yeah, she died of a cardiac arrest at the age of 12 before the release of the third Poltergeist. Oh, my God. Dominique Dunn, who played Dana, the big sister. The big older sister, yeah. Yeah. She was murdered by her ex-boyfriend five months after Poltergeist released. Oh, my God. And then Julianne Beck, uh, she's in the second film. Okay. She died of cancer during the shooting of the second film. And then Will Sampson, and also in the sequel, he died due to a kidney failure. So if you're a kid working on Poltergeist, you're going to die. This is basically what you're telling me. Well, I mean, and then Oliver Robbins almost died on set, apparently. Right. And he was the... Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Right. The older sister was killed by her ex-boyfriend? And I I went and double-checked a couple sources because I was like, no. Because I was like, both of them died? Like, it it was like, yeah. The little girl was 12 and died of a heart attack, basically, of cardiac arrest. Yeah. But then the older sister, and I guess it was, it's a big deal, obviously. Right. When anybody's murdered. But I guess because she was kind of an up-and-coming star. And it was, you said five months after this came out? Yeah. Her ex-boyfriend murdered her. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. And, yeah, so that obviously hit Hollywood hard. I bet. Because, yeah, she was up and coming and, like, in a film like this. And, yeah, so. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, yeah. Way to bring the mood down, Jim. Well. You should have yeah. led with that. That way we could have worked our way back oh. up. She's <laughs> <laughs> been like, before we get into the movie, let me tell you about these kids that died. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me give you, yeah. Yeah. Because at first I was like, okay, is this is this my makeup? Some of this to kind of add mystique to the film, right? Any good horror film, yeah. You want to hear about like the creepy things that happen on set? Well, yeah, kind of like when we talked about Rosemary's Baby, right? The weird stuff that happened on that one, which I mean, all that bad stuff happened just because that film was terrible. Right? It wasn't supposed to be made. (laughs) (laughs) What you're doing is unholy. But yeah, so wow. Okay. There's all of that. Fun stuff, Jim. Uh, Fun facts for everyone to enjoy here on our Halloween special about the movie Poltergeist. Um, Did you have um, any other thoughts about the film? No. I think we covered pretty much everything. Got all my notes covered. Yeah. All right. Well, let's hear your ranking. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. (sighs) Once again, Jim, this is another one of those where I need the back half to kind of help me figure out and I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm still kinda struggling with how I want to rank this. I yeah. mean I, I really am. I don't know if our snafu with the D V D helped or hurt either way. Sure. I do know that it interrupted the flow of the film, but once we were able to jump back into it, I mean we picked up right where we were. But 
I feel like it was a missed opportunity to do something really special with a very cool concept. Yeah. Like, I feel like this is one of those films that didn't reach its full potential for the story concept. It's not like it was bad. It wasn't bad. That's the thing. It wasn't bad. There are a lot of aspects that are really good. But then it's just, I think it's the fact that it could have been so much more than what it was. Yeah. So I think for me, let me preface my ranking right now by saying that it's not a knock on the film. It's more of a knock on the execution of the story. I'm going to give it... What's your name, dude? I'm going to give it a three, a middle of the road. It's a Back to the Future Part 3 for me. And honestly, I feel like it's just simply for the fact that it could have been so much better. Sure. This is a concept that is dark and gritty and has so much meat on the bone that was just very much untapped. There was so much potential that was untapped with this film. Yeah. It could have been so much more. Like Spielberg could have done a hell of a lot more with this because we know he directed it. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe by him not directing it, it could have done more. If he had not directed if it, it probably would have been exactly where the film needed to be. Yeah. But because it's Spielberg and he has to put his little, his little quirky yeah. stamp on it, you yeah. know, with his, his wit and his levity and... You know, a little bit of just weird humor in yeah. situations that don't require weird humor. I really, truly believe that he did a disservice to the concept of this story. Because yeah. this story concept is fucking terrifying. Like, seriously. When I was trying to think, like, how this movie has maybe shaped other movies, the one, it's actually a TV series, a Netflix series, that comes to mind is yeah. Stranger Things. Like, the idea of being in another dimension, and, oh, like, yeah. you're losing yeah. your child, and, like, trying to find them. And, oh, yeah. And so, like... It's a, it's a great comparison. You know, like, so I was like, holy crap. But where this movie didn't reach its potential, yeah, kind of just stopped going up the ladder, Stranger Things blew right by it and said, no. Maybe even, maybe even a little too much. But I'm wondering if, like, how much Poltergeist kind of helped influence... Oh, I'm sure them, a lot. Like, going, hey, I'm sure well, a lot. What would happen behind, yeah. you know, like... Well, and see, and that's, that, you know, and that's a great <clears throat> point. What would happen on the other side of that? Yeah. And you see that when you're in the upside down. And yeah. that's great. It's, I really do believe a movie like Poltergeist, in concept, and, and to a degree, some of its execution... Sure. ...really kind of does help shape stuff down the road. And I could see Stranger Things pulling from this. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, and just even think about, like, even when they came out of that, the, I don't know, the, the portal and the goo on them. And, you yeah. know, so, like, there's a lot of those things. I was like, man, Stranger and, Things. And you, know, like, and you know Ghostbusters 2 yeah. took inspiration from that because the ectoplasm. You, you absolutely know it because the river of it running under New York. Oh, yeah. You see the pink. I mean, it, it even, it, it was basically the same damn thing. Yeah. I can see why Poltergeist, for a lot of people, that would be on there. I think it oh, has yeah. definitely shaped a lot of films. Yeah, and that's and, why... And I'm with you on the on the ranking, I think, yeah. because of the concept of just an everyday family. Oh, yeah. You're going about your everyday life. Yep. Life is good. You've got wonderful kids, like just a wonderful family. And then literally all hell breaks loose. And it's just like... <laughs> like I said, middle of the road just because I can't torch it. Sure. It's not a bad film at all by any stretch of the imagination. I just I feel like it could be so much better. Yeah. So I think a middle-of-the-road kind of ranking on that is really kind of fitting. I think it's appropriate. Not going to trash it too much or anything like that. I feel like I feel like that's where it should be. Okay, so do you have in a at least one movie you could recommend? I'm actually going to give two suggestions. I normally okay. only do one. Sure. But uh, one's a movie and one's a show. I'm going to recommend The Haunting of Hill House from Netflix. Okay. Yeah, that's a series, right? That's a series, okay. yeah. It's a one-season series. A very dark, twisted tale about a family that buys big homes 
flips them, turns around and resells them. And then while they're flipping them, they live in the home and a lot of dark stuff happens (laughs) like really, really, really dark stuff. But where Poltergeist doesn't grab onto that potential haunting of Hill house exceeds that potential they soak up every bit of potential that you can possibly have with regards to its storytelling okay and tells you a very deep rich story and which honestly with the scale of what that story is you have to tell it in serious form you can't do it in a movie sure sure so having it in a series on netflix is is really good so i definitely recommend watching that for sure and does it so does it work comfortably in the r rating i'm assuming Oh, the Haunting of Hill House? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's okay. it's definitely R-rated. It definitely has to have that R-rating sure, because sure. the story that they're trying to tell is so damn dark but so rich. Yeah. It's a very rich story. Okay. So definitely watch that one for sure. We're not like any other family. We're different because of where we grew up. Hill House. The movie that I want to suggest to watch in place of Poltergeist, uh, a movie that I feel reaches its potential with regard to its overall story concept and story execution, uh, is a movie called Stir of Echoes. Kevin Bacon. Oh, shaking that bacon. Shaking that bacon, man. We mentioned him earlier. Why not mention him again? Such a fantastic movie. The drama of a man and his family in this home that they're renting, all this paranormal happenings start to come out. The son is really super sensitive to it. And then Kevin Bacon, he becomes sensitive to it as well. And it's like this quest to figure out what the hell is going on, what sure. is happening, yeah. you know, and trying to figure all that out and trying to track it down and, and figure out the origins of it to, so they can basically move on with their life. Fantastic movie. Oh, actually, one of my favorite movies. I, I really... Really, truly enjoy Kevin Bacon in that film. I thought he did a fantastic job. Plus, uh, he and his brother, the Bacon Brothers, they actually have a band, and they do a cover of Rolling Stone's Paint It Black for the soundtrack. Okay. Yeah, and it's actually, the way it fits into the movie is pretty tremendous. Pretty awesome. So, yeah, Stir of Echoes, I definitely would check that out with this. And then, after you finish that one, go ahead and start watching Haunting of Hill House, because they're both terrifying. It's nice. great. Okay. Yeah. Listen to me. Whatever door you open in my brain, I want you to shut it now. Would you recommend that people watch Poltergeist at all? Yeah. If any, if anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. like, think... there's definitely a lot of uh, cultural references. Like the the one that I didn't even realize was was a reference to this was the <laughs> this house is clean. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. even the way she did it, and then like I was like Jim Carrey, like yeah, you know, stole just, it big yeah. time. Yeah, I didn't know it was from this either. That's I, hilarious. So, I was like, oh. Um, no, I would definitely check this movie out. I, I think there are, like I said, Stir of Echoes, I would probably watch before Poltergeist. Sure, but if you want to get an idea of how Stir of Echoes got inspiration, then yeah, watch Poltergeist first, then watch Stir of Echoes. I mean, hell, it's Halloween. Sure. What, what are you guys doing anyway? You're sitting around eating your candy right now. Right. You know, your kid's candy. Get Poltergeist, watch it. You might be a little underwhelmed by it. But then watch Stir of Echoes, cap off your night, and then you know what? Maybe the next day when you wake up from that candy hangover, just start rolling into some uh, Haunting of Hill House, you know? You You got nothing else to do the rest of the day. Well, did you want to um, take on the world? Jim, let me tell you something right now. I'm always ready to take on the world. Brian takes on the world. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. May God have mercy on your soul. 
IMDB. Easy for me to say. What a douche. Two thumbs up. <laughs> All righty. Yes. So, 1,001 movies you must see before you rip your face off. <laughs> did it make an appearance? It did. Really? It did. Um, um, I, don't I, know how, I don't know how I feel about that, but yeah, sure. I will say that it's in there, and it's like one paragraph. Yeah. So, it's not like a big write-up. There's no pictures. There's no nothing. And, and it literally is just kind of like a synopsis of the movie. So the grand scheme of the 1,001 movies you must see before you die, it's more like in the 900 range than it is up in the top yes, 200 range. Yes. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Like maybe as you're about to die, you can watch it to get a preview of coming attractions or something. I don't know. Um, How did I not spit my Coke everywhere on that? Jesus, Jim. <laughs> um, well, IMDb gave it a 7.3 out of 10. That's fair. Metacritic gave it 79. I think it's a little high, personally. Just when you start looking at some of the different aspects that we talked about, I, I feel like it should be, I think 70s is good, but not that high. I think yeah. like maybe a 73, 72 at the lowest, but like 73, 74, I think 79 is a touch high. Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Uh, the tomato meter gave it 86%. That's high to me, man. That's yeah. high. It's, it, on Rotten Tomatoes, man, I like 80, like right at 80, 78, 79, but... You know, 80, no higher than 80. And the audience gave it a 79%. That's that's fair. It's it's fair, yeah. you know. Like I said, it's not a horrible film sure, at all sure. by any stretch of the imagination. It's just like there's just certain weird things about it and the fact that it just doesn't excel when it could. Right. Ebert. Yeah. He ended up giving it three stars. Well, that's about right. You yeah. Know, which. That's, um, that's Ebert. But his, his, his review wasn't like. Glowing. I mean, it was just kind of like, oh, this is the movie. You know, the one point that he said on the front end was like, was, this is the movie the Amityville horror uh, dreamed of being. <laughs> okay. You know, I, I guess he was saying that like, because it, it it hits on a lot of those. Yeah, but didn't Amityville horror come out like eight years before this? Uh, probably, yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. Just from a computer-generated graphics standpoint, how sure. can it compete? Yeah, and he does talk a little bit about like kind of the practical graphics, and you because you have Spielberg, you know, right, which yeah. was kind of known especially that time for that. And so yeah. he kind of ends the review, like I said, it was just kind of, it was just kind of meh. There wasn't anything I could pull out to say, oh, you know, right. You know, he, he kind of talks about the the graphics and the effects. He, like he was kind of it sounds like he was a little bit impressed with some of those. He talks about. You know, the cleaning of the house, but then he ends it with nobody ever does decide whether a poltergeist really is involved in the events in the house or who the poltergeist may be. But if that doesn't prevent them from naming the movie Poltergeist, I guess it shouldn't keep us from enjoying it. That's kind of how he wraps up his, his review. The hell does any of that even mean? So, what? I don't know. So like, was he just trying to be cute? Just yeah, trying to put something cute on the like, end of it? I mean, what does that even mean? Yeah, I feel like it was. Like, I don't know if that was his knock of like, you didn't figure out who the poltergeist was or what. I don't know. I don't know. That was That was the weird thing about the review. It was just very like, meh. And then he ends with that. I think it's pretty clear what the poltergeist is. Yeah. <laughs> they kind of gave it Look, away, I thought. Well, I mean, <laughs> you you build a subdivision in a house on a burial ground. Now, whether it's an Indian burial ground, or what, but it's a burial ground. It's a cemetery. Right. So Still has the dead bodies in it. You have a collective of spiritual energy that's unrest yeah. that a demon has tapped into and opened up a portal. It's pretty obvious who the fucking poltergeist <laughs> right, is. right. Yeah, that, what does that, that even mean? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. But it warranted three stars. So <laughs> that sounds like the review of somebody that fell asleep halfway through it. And here's the funny yeah. thing about the the three star review: three star review from Ebert, but mm -hmm. not a glowing review. 
Right. Correct? Yeah. Okay? Yeah. 1001 movies you must see before you die, but not a big write-up. Right. IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, relatively decent score, but it's kind of in par with, with the Everybody's audience. Kind of like, it's kind of kind of look. Does that not fall in line with the the idea that we've been talking about for like the last 40 minutes about the fact that this film just did not reach its potential? Does that not tell you that? I mean, because he's had three-star reviews where he's talked glowingly about well, the yeah, film. Yeah, for sure. He's talked about the things that detracted it from being a four, yeah. but he also talked about how the things that were really good. This one, he didn't really talk about it at all. Yeah. And the same thing with the 1001 movies. That's kind of what I was thinking. I you know, was like, you're giving a good review and you're in the same spot that we're in. It's like, it's it's an okay film, but it's not great. Yeah. It could be better. So I'm just glad that you and the world can sit down and just share just some... sit down and share some popcorn. Some, some popcorn balls and some... <laughs> some and mung. Some mung. Yeah. <laughs> got our popcorn balls. We got our mung. We got our sticky-ass caramel apples. <laughs> It's great. Just we're enjoy, having a, we're having just, a great yeah. time here, Jim. Just enjoy yeah, Halloween together. <laughs> you and the world. <laughs> Let's move on to the next part of the show, Jim. We got our movie breakdown out of the way, Poltergeist. That was a fun discussion. We got all that out of the way. I think it's time to move on to another fun game. Uh-oh. <laughs> It's your turn to check the door, Jim. Yeah. Give those kids some candy bars we'll or something. Maybe give them a king-size bar or something. Ooh. Like Ooh. Or a loaf of bread. I forgot you like the loaves The, the mini loaves, the small the ones. Loaves, the yeah. small ones. They're really cool. I pulled a trick. A trick? All right. Trick question for you. Okay. <laughs> you wake up in a jigsaw room Ooh. with your leg chained to the wall. Ooh. There's no hope of breaking the chain or loosening your leg from it. Yeah. Do you cut through your leg and free yourself? Or do you just lay there till you die? I start talking to the dead body over in the other <laughs> in the corner of the room and say, let me out of here, dude. Uh, um, <laughs> I would probably lay there till I died. You wouldn't be able to muster up the strength to cut through your own leg? No. <laughs> I would spend my last days trying to come up with every scenario possible yeah. to get out of the room without cutting off my leg. Well, you would think at some point... Like when starvation set in, you would lose enough body mass to get your leg out, right? Well, and then that's, yeah, I don't know. But then you have no strength to get out of the room. Right, you wouldn't be able to get out of the room. I don't know. The idea of cutting off my own leg. I might be close to starving to death. Right. By the time I decide to do that. (laughs) You know, but. Well, that was fun. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Now. That we got the trick or treaters out of the way. Let's move on to uh, a fun game that we're going to do <laughs> specifically for this Halloween special. This is called Mike or Michael. Do I make you horny, baby? Excellent. Yeah, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so. That's the first time I've heard that yes, clip. Yes, it is. So we've That's been tossing hilarious. around ideas of what we could do for this Halloween special. <laughs> And we came up with this idea, Mike or Michael, because you've had some issues in the past with determining between Michael Myers and Mike Myers. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> All right, now here's a good one. Are we doing Mike Myers or Michael Myers? <laughs> Smashing, baby. I don't know why I feel like I'm on a first name basis with Michael Myers, because <laughs> I don't know. I know he's a serial killer kind of person. <laughs> Watching you try to explain what Michael Myers is and does 
without having seen it is hilarious. Too bad we don't have a YouTube channel yet. I think like he kills or something. He killed people. He may not have filed taxes last year either. That guy is he's a bad one, that Mike Myers. And I heard he liked hot pockets. <laughs> we were talking about ideas for what to do on the Halloween special. We decided to do this thing called Mike or Michael. And because Jim has had issues in the past with trying to find the difference between Mike Myers or Michael Myers. Yeah. At times when I'm talking about Michael Myers, yeah. I've said Mike Myers. Yeah. Like, like we're friends. Like your best friends. Yeah, we're like besties. you're on a first name basis. Besties with Tessies, man. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't even do that. Okay. But <laughs> so we decided to come up with this game that we're going to play here where we're going to institute a little bit of that confusion. <laughs> yeah. And Jim's going to explain it to you right yeah, now. Yeah. So basically, what I've got, I've got a couple scenarios here. Yeah. I'm just going to read them off. Right. And you're going to pick a random number. Yeah. Right? I, got, like, I, got some, I got some sound bites here, and it's either going to be. Mike Myers? Yeah, and they're, they're or, randomized. Or Michael Myers. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. And whatever I end up with, because I don't know which ones... Like, I, I made these files, but then I scrambled them. Yeah. So I don't know what's what. So basically, whoever I end up with is who I got to use to work through the scenario that you give me. All right. And hopefully we're going to create some hilarity here. All right, so are you ready for your I, first scenario? I'm ready. Bring it on, man. You yeah. are a janitor at Harvard. Okay. And have been tasked with cleaning the dorm room bathrooms. Okay, let's go with number four. Let's see who I end up with. Is that the boogeyman? As a matter of fact, I do believe it was. All right. So Michael Myers. <laughs> All right. I'm, it's a never-ending task because I'll be cleaning up blood. It's just blood. I'm cleaning up blood. <laughs> like everyone's blood. Like I'm cleaning the bathrooms because I just killed everyone. So it's like me killing people. In the bathrooms and then having to clean it up. It's like an, it's a never-ending job. Would you would you use what, what would you use to kill him? Oh, probably a plunger, <laughs> a sharpened end of a plunger. Just plunge everybody. Yeah, to I death. would pl- I would kill them with the 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 end, the stick end that I sharpened into a, like a like a shiv, and then I would use the plunger to plunge a toilet to get the blood down. Okay, all righty. <laughs> It's so dark. Why did I go dark? I don't know. I went so dark you so entire, quick. You have an entire janitor cart, and all you're going to use is a plunger. <laughs> That's what I don't understand. <laughs> now, the question well, is, am I actually darker for the fact that I... <laughs> yeah, you were helping with that. I got all kinds of scenarios in well, my head. You know, I, I feel like a little... I could get some 409, you know, spray some stuff up, you know? I think the mask would be too hot, though. Down, I'm down on the floor, like, scrubbing, you know? <laughs> Like sweating all over myself, and they're Harvard kids. Can you imagine walking in, like <laughs> walking into the bathroom, and like Michael Myers is on the ground scrubbing the floor, but like half his mask is up because he's so hot. Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> hey, he wears his mask. <laughs> oh boy, he never complains once about wearing his mask. I don't know what you're talking about. I think so. you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what we got? All right. You are a cable installer. <laughs> and your next client is a 90-year-old granny. Oh, God. With an angry poodle. Let's go with number seven. Come on. What do I got? Get in my belly! <laughs> <laughs> Fat bastard from Austin Powers. Clearly, I'm eating the poodle. <laughs> the first thing I do is I eat the poodle when the when the granny's not looking. Good lord! 
the cable isn't getting installed. Let me just put that out there. It's not getting installed at all. The dog's getting eaten, and I'm probably cleaning out her fridge. She's going to die within a week because she's not going to have any food. Again, dark, but it's just the truth. The wrong person to, to send to install cable. Can you imagine Fat Bastard getting up on the roof to like put a dish? Right. Fall through the roof. <laughs> Being in a bucket, a, li- a li- lift bucket. <laughs> the boom bucket just falls over. The whole truck just falls over onto the house, and I kill Granny. It only ends in disaster. That's the, There's no way like there's any positivity yeah. spinning out of that. Wow. All right. Another one? <laughs> yeah. It's your first day as an Aldi cashier, <laughs> and you have 10 people in line. Oh. All right. Let's go with number two. Be good, be good, be good. Welcome to Sprockets. I'm your host, Dieter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Dieter. Sprockets from Saturday Night Live. Okay. Obviously, I'm going to be dealing with a lot of irate people because they're in line. They just want to go, right? It's Aldi. Yeah, you want to get out. It's Aldi. Got to get them in and out. Yeah. So to temper their anger... I'm going to get them into some interpretive dance is what I'm going to do. I'm just going to break out into interpretive German dance. While you're scanning. While I'm scanning, I'm going to apply the techniques that I've learned overseas, and I'm going to bring it to the Aldi (laughs) checkout line, and I'm going to get them through that line quick. You get a show, and you get your groceries. And great deals. And great deals in a timely fashion. There you go. Employee of the month right there. (laughs) Guaranteed. Every single time. Oh, my God. Dita. Dita. (laughs) Give me another one. You work at a non-specific delivery company that is understaffed, overworked, underpaid at Christmas during a pandemic. This sounds so horribly real. (laughs) That's why I said (laughs) non-specific. It's specific in my heart, Jim. (laughs) Um, The only way to go is with Michael Myers. God, please give me Michael Myers on this. Let's go with number eight. I want death and destruction for this one. A sphincter says what? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Wayne Campbell from Wayne's World. Okay. Damn it. Why couldn't I have gotten Michael Myers for that one? (laughs) Okay. I basically, I bring my, my public access show to the dock. I set up my stage right there on the dock. Yeah. That way, when we have six-hour late trucks in the morning, <laughs> I can put on a show to lift the morale of the people that are there, and hopefully boosting efficiency and just a overall holiday cheer. So when you say lifting morale, you mean showing? <laughs> showing. <laughs> lifting something. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That That's funny. Good God almighty. Okay. Here's, here's another one. You are an Uber driver and just received a request to pick up three people at a local bar. Ooh. Let's go with number six. Come on, come on, come on. Yes! Yes! I don't necessarily have to kill them right away. I take that back. I have to kill them right away. <laughs> Okay, I'm an Uber driver. I'm Michael Myers. I'm an Uber driver. I show up to the bar. I pick these guys up. Yeah. It all depends on the tip. If they give me a good tip. Five-star rating. If they give me that five-star rating, because, you know, I'm just a serial killer looking for a five-star <laughs> review. Am I right? 
if I get the good tip, if I get the five star review, I'll let them live. Okay. But no tip, no five star review, and they're mouthy. I mean, they they are from coming out of a bar, so most likely they're drunk. Drunk, mouthy. I'm gonna take them to a very dark, nasty, rundown house, and they are dead immediately. Okay. And then after that, I'm gonna clean out the car. You know, get it ready for my next customer. Because I mean, I'm working. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. serial killer doesn't pay that much. Like it's it's more of a hobby than, than, than <laughs> just, more more something I do. Just for fun. I just do that, you know, to to kind of take the edge off being the Uber driver. You know, I deal with a lot of irate customers. You know, I gotta I gotta release that tension somehow. What's Michael Myers' Tinder account? Like like Logan <laughs> walks on a beach and murder, murder, senseless murder. I like chef knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you want to do another? Let's do one more. All right, you work at a Jiffy Lube as assistant to the general manager. <laughs> assistant to the general manager. <laughs> and you're trying to upsell a customer windshield wipers. Okay. This uh, is a very realistic scenario. This, I, 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 uh, I've been there. You know what? Let's go with number 10. She smelled exactly like beef vegetable soup. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Charlie McKenzie from So I Married an Axe Murderer. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, I'm just, I'm going to sweet talk her. I'm assuming it's a her. Yeah. All right. I'm going to pour on the, the boyish charm. I'm going to let her know that there's a, a certain level of sensitivity that I have that's going to allow her in. I'm going to play on that a little bit. I'm, I'm not going to stop at windshield wipers, Jim. Oh, yeah? She needs an air filter. Yeah. All right? She needs her brakes checked. She needs her tires rotated. Yeah. Oil changes. I mean, she's going to go premium. Right. All right? I know she's been getting regular the last couple of visits, but I really think with her model of car in the year, it really needs to go up to the the, the premium level of oil change. Okay. With every oil change that she gets from here on out, I'll do interpretive poetry for her, (laughs) and she gets a large cup of coffee. Nice. On me. Man. (laughs) And oh, by the way, she get an axe in, the, in her trunk too. Oh. <laughs> Why not? Why not? It's a free one. Yeah, my free, my free. wife, the axe murderer, she makes them herself. <laughs> wow! Well, so that was our first ever Mike or Michael. That's hilarious. That's freaking <laughs> awesome. Let's move on to the next part of our show. Uh, we have something really fun here. Uh-oh. Check Is it my turn to it's, check? I believe it's your turn to check All the right. Board. Let me get into the cup of death for these <laughs> trick-or-treaters out here. They're waiting for a non-specific delivery company. Treat! <laughs> <laughs> got a treat. I got a treat. All right. Let's see here. You get a choice of the treat. can be either be about music. Ooh. Or about dreams. <laughs> Let's go with dreams. Okay. You play a teenager in the new Kruger film. Oh, God. Who is in your dream? <laughs> Megan Fox from Jennifer's Body. Jessica Alba from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Jennifer Aniston from Leprechaun. Or Janet Leigh from Psycho. Jessica Alba. Easily. I'll put up with the leather face for Jessica Alba. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> A treat indeed. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say, yeah, like to all of them. Absolutely. All of them, yeah. I'll take them all on. Every single one of them. If I had to pick one, yeah, Jessica Alba. Are you kidding me? 
She's a sweetheart. She's gorgeous. Now you know what happened. <laughs> All right. Let's get on to the final segment of the show, Jim. We've been waiting for this for a very long time. I'm hoping that this plays out as well as what we've done in the past. The first two years of our Halloween shows that we did for this podcast, way back in the day in our archive, uh, hopefully you guys have already went back and checked those out in preparation for this show. We did the Horror Icon Tournament of Death. Single elimination is how we did it in the past. Winner take all. First year, Jason Voorhees came out to be the big winner. Right. And second year, Blade came out to be the big winner. And then turned around and defended his title immediately against Jason Voorhees, who felt a little threatened about you know having his title challenged. Yeah. So basically what we do is we set up a tournament style, a la NCAA bracket, uh, horror icons in it. And Jim and I just discussed the matchups. Pick a winner, they advance to the next round. It's real simple. But we decided to do something different on this relaunch of our show this season. We're in our first official holiday season here on our first season, on, you know, kind of the, the, the tail yeah. end of our first season. So we want to do something a little different. You know, we've done horror icons before. We have. All right. We want to do something a little bit different. So, Tournament of Death, Heroes Edition. Yes, sir. Heroes Edition. And what that means, Jim, instead of taking horror icons, the big bads, the ones that kill everyone, yeah, we've decided to go back into the vault, so to speak, and look at all the films. And who are the heroes, the unsung heroes of these films, Jim? We want to do a tournament of death for the heroes. Let's see who the good guys are. So we're pitting the good guys versus the good guys. That's right. We're going to see which good guys could actually match up in a tournament of death style and who would come out on top out of all the good guys. I have created a bracket for us. Very first year we did this, I had first round buys. I had the four bigs. Remember? Mm -hmm. I had Leatherface, Freddy Krueger. Michael Myers, right here in the studio with us. Jason Voorhees on the other side of the studio for us. Those were the four number one seeds. They were the big bads. They got to just walk past the first round, go into the second round. Well, I'm doing that again this year. We didn't do it the second year. I'm doing it for this year. Okay. All right? This is all completely random. I didn't pick these. I don't even know who the characters are. You don't know. I'm getting ready to introduce those characters to you right now. This is going to be a lot of fun. So the four number one seeds. Like I said, this is all completely random. Mm Mm-hmm. Your first number one seed. We'll go step by step until we have it cornered, and then we'll blow it the fuck out into space. That's right. Ripley (laughs) from Alien. First number one seed. You like that? I do. Your second number one seed. If it bleeds, we can kill it. (laughs) From Predator, Dutch. Your third one. The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! Bit of a handicap on this one. It's a dynamic duo. Yeah. All right. It's Father Lancaster and Father Damien from Exorcist. Okay. You get two of them. And then your final number one seed. We're sort of a club. Yeah, the Losers Club. The Losers Club. Lucky Seven from Stephen King's It. All right. Now, this is the Lucky Seven from the miniseries. Okay. Stephen King's It. So keep that in mind. Okay. It has no bearing on anything. I'm just pointing it out. Okay. <laughs> You just wanted us to know. Just point it out. Just yeah. making sure. Just, okay. just put it out there. In first matchup, first set of matchup, in the Ripley bracket, we have from Zombieland. Time to nut up or shut up. <laughs> Tallahassee. Yeah. Played by Woody Harrelson. Friend of the show, Woody Harrelson. Friend of the show. He's taking on from Dr. Sleep, a grown-up Danny Torrance. They're not special. 
They're starving. Which is the young kid from The Shining, which you haven't seen. I have not. So you're going to have to have me help you with that. <laughs> In the Dutch bracket from the movie They Live. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. John Nada, played by the late Rowdy Rowdy Piper. He will be taking on from A Nightmare on Elm Street. It's too late, Kruger. This is just a dream. Nancy Thompson, who stood up to the big bad Freddy Krueger. That's right, that's right. Not afraid of him. On the other side of the bracket, in the father's bracket, so to speak, from The Exorcist. Okay. (laughs) Oh, dear Lord. (laughs) Oh, man. Rosemary Woodhouse will be taking on from Halloween. You don't know what death is. Dr. Loomis. Okay, okay. (laughs) And then in the bottom bracket, in the Losers Club bracket, we have... What did you see? Lambs. They were screaming. (laughs) Clarice Starling from Silence of the Lambs. We'll be taking on... It's your turn to scream, asshole. Sidney Prescott from Scream. That's so, a good matchup. Yes. That's wow. what I was thinking. That was okay. that's what I was thinking. All right. Let's go ahead and ring the bell on round one. We got that going now. All right. Let's jump back over to the Ripley bracket. Tallahassee taking on Danny Torrance. Now, Ooh, okay. you don't know anything about Danny Torrance. Okay? You don't know anything about The Shining. I'm going to have to help you with this. Yes. All right. Because I, and I love Zombieland. We know Tallahassee's a BA. Yeah. All right. He's stood up to the zombie onslaughts. Like nothing phases that guy, right? And in search of a Twinkie. That's right. And don't get in his way when he's searching for that Twinkie. That's right. I'm still a little sad they didn't reference that in the second one, but it'll be okay. Maybe they can make up for it in the third one. Anyway. And Danny is. Danny Torrance has an ability called The Shining. Okay. And that's basically his ability to communicate with the dead. Is he a kid? He's a kid. Okay. Now, but we're doing Danny Torrance from Dr. Sleep. Which is... It's a grown-up version. Well after the events of The Shining, he's now grown up. Okay. So... Still has this ability. Still has his abilities. His his abilities are actually way more advanced and stronger than they were to begin with. So he has the ability to communicate with the dead. He also has the ability to kind of change a person's perception, alter their outlook on life, their outlook on things around them. Kind of really gets in there and kind of possesses their brain okay all right so he's pretty formidable kind of a dangerous person but he's a good person though so you got your matchup you got a badass in physicality versus a badass of the mind what do you think man that's tough man it is tough. especially because i think tallahassee the one thing i think that would probably be his chink in the armor is his emotional uh, attachment obviously to the loss of his kid and i think danny would be able to play on that but i mean Tallahassee could lure Danny away. Now, we're talking about grown-up Danny, though. I would say could lure him away with a Twinkie. (laughs) Distract him. The Twinkies. But, um... (laughs) Wait a minute, who's getting lured away? Tallahassee or Danny? (laughs) I'm saying, like, Tallahassee could use his, his Twinkie ammunition like his stuff that he you know yeah but what if danny got in his head and made him think that there were twinkies and then whenever he goes for him he gets there and it's actually like a pit of snakes that's a good point yeah that's a real good point i think we gotta give it to danny i i, I would say danny yeah just because yeah when you're dealing with someone's psyche yeah and you have that ability he's dangerous it's he's dangerous bad. all right sorry tallahassee you put up a really good fight all right danny torrance advances let's move down to the the bottom half of this side john nada 
or just referred to as Nada from They Live. Okay. Taking on <laughs> taking on Nancy Thompson from A Nightmare on Elm Street. All right. Well, I don't know much about They Live. Have you not seen They Live? No. Dude, what? <laughs> it's a classic. I know. It's a classic. I know. John Carpenter's They Live. Yeah. It's a John Carpenter film. But it's Ryder Wright Piper. I do know. Yeah. I do remember watching him. He was a badass. Um, so I can only imagine that he would dominate Nancy. But I don't know anything about his character. I don't know anything about John Nada, except for he doesn't have bubble gum. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, so he if, he, if he's looking for bubble gum, Nancy's a teenager who would probably have bubble gum. That's true. <laughs> but if he gets the bubble gum, he's there to chew bubble gum and kick ass. Yeah. So if he gets her bubble gum, that means he's going to kick her ass. No. <laughs> he's all out of bubble gum, which is why he's kicking ass. So like, so like, if he if she has bubble gum and gives it to him, so you you're saying then, that then if she gives him the bubble gum, he's gonna be happy and he won't kick her ass. He won't kick her ass. You know what? That's a fair argument, and I'm gonna give that one to you. Nancy wins. <laughs> Nancy Thompson. I mean, I thought for sure Nancy was going to lose that one, but... <laughs> well, I mean, she's got the bubble gum, but you're right. She's a teenager. You don't know what females have in those purses. It's true. And, she's got... She's probably an 80, got a... An 80s teenager? What's more stereotypical 80s teenager than bubble gum? And hair products. Right. Okay, hair products and bubble gum. Yeah. There you go. There you go. We're not at all misogynistic not, or... None whatsoever. No, none at all. We're just talking about everyday 1980s right, stereotypical. Yeah. 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 She wins. <laughs> Good job, Nancy. With an upset, in my opinion. Uh, very much so. <laughs> All right. The other side of the bracket, in the father's bracket, Rosemary Woodhouse taking on Dr. Loomis. Yeah, Dr. Loomis, obviously. Yeah, wins. Dr. Loomis kills her, shoots her right in the head. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Kitty, will you put her in the cat? I put her in there specifically to have her killed. All right? Dr. Loomis shoots her in the head with a handgun. She's dead. All right? <laughs> So we can move on from the Rosemary's Baby discussion from now on. Rosemary's dead. Dead, dead, dead. dead. <laughs> that was purely self-serving, that aspect of the Very tournament. much so. Yeah. All right, moving down to the bottom. Clarice Starling taking on Sidney Prescott. Man. Now, Clarice, FBI agent, young. She's trained, though. She's trained, but she's also skittish. True. Sydney is kind of battle-tested. She's also young. So age is not a difference. That's a push. But S- I, I would is- think that she's been pushed past the moment of hesitating, right? There's not really much hesitation. Oh, there's no hesitation yeah. whatsoever. Where I think Clarice, because she is an FBI agent, would still probably have a little bit of a moral compass to you know, try to stay within the law of some certain things. So I feel like she might be a little more hesitant at first. True. And she is shaky. I feel like Sydney's battle-tested. She's put up with a bunch of crap. She's ready to just kill. I think she's got a killer instinct yeah, to so her. I, just going off of the simple fact, because originally I thought, no, Clarice would win because she's FBI. Yeah. But I think because of the FBI, it actually becomes a handicap. Right. Because, you know, they're, they're still trying to abide by the law. Right. So I think that that would, at least, even for a moment, if she has a brief hesitation because of that, yeah. because of her training, I think Sydney could definitely one-up her. I think Sydney wins. I just because 90s Nev Campbell is hot. Well, that too. Yeah. That helps. <laughs> that helps. <laughs> Again, not misogynistic whatsoever. No, right? not at it's all. Just, we're just stating facts here. Girl power, man. Girl power. <laughs> all right, we got first round done. First round is done in the books. Let's ring the bell on round two. All right. Let's. <laughs> wow. 
This this whole round is going to be interesting. Ripley taking on Danny Torrance. <sighs> oh man. Yeah. So once again, Danny is a master manipulator of the mind. Sure. He has the shining ability. He has the ability to contact the dead, to talk with the dead, to interact amongst the dead. But he also has the ability to shape your mind and show you something that you're not even really seeing. Put you in places that you're not even really at. And Ripley has seen some dark stuff. Well, I was going to say, like, you know, we had talked about Alien. Yeah. The Xenomorph being stuff of Freddy's nightmares. Right. And Ripley has stared that right in the face and come out on top. But Alien, not really a psychological threat, more of a physical threat than anything. Danny, we're talking about matters of the mind here now. I just don't know, though, man, because, I mean, I would imagine that would give you some major psychological damage fighting a xenomorph. Well, I would say so, but that's what I'm saying. I, I, I feel like that's fuel for Danny to prey on. You know what I mean? But I also feel like Ripley maybe is tough and mentally tough now because of it. See, this is the tough part for me. We ran into the same problem the first year with Predator. Because yeah. Predator is so B.A. And we didn't want to see Predator go down, but Predator uh, yeah, went down. He did. I think the only fair way to judge this is who looks better in a white tank top. Ripley wins. <laughs> <laughs> Again. Not misogynistic whatsoever. <laughs> We're just stating facts. Sorry, Danny. Work on your abs. All right. Next. <laughs> the bottom bracket. Maybe the toughest matchup to ever pick on our horror icon tournament of death ever. We got Nancy Thompson taking on Dutch. From I don't think the bubble gum's going to save her this time. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> she's go- she's a goner. Let's be honest. I think she's going to swoon over his biceps. Ooh, yeah, you're probably right. Be he won't there. even have to like get too violent. No, not at all. Just a shirt off. That's all. It's true. He didn't have to take a shirt off. He could just rip it off with his pose. He could- <laughs> he just he'd flex and it just rip. He could just shake Dylan's hand. Yeah, and, yeah. Dylan, <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> Look, it's it's not even really a competition. It's true. You know, I sorry, mean... Sorry, Nance. Sorry, Nance. I mean, Dutch is just too B.A. It's Dutch, man. What's I more mean, American than Dutch? I'm proud that you got this far. <laughs> Jim, what's more American than Dutch beating up on a teenage girl in the Tournament of Death? America! This doesn't feel right. <laughs> pretty yeah, dark. That's Yeah. Pretty dark. I'll, yeah. Let's just move on to the other side of the brackets. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is a fun one. You got uh, Father Lancaster <laughs> and Father Damien tag teaming against Dr. Loomis. Oh. Father versus Doctor. Science versus religion. This Man. is an epic battle. <laughs> it's one that's still going on. <laughs> <laughs> the war rages on. Oh, man. Dr. Loomis taking on the Fathers. Now, the Fathers have faced off against the demon entity that has taken over young Reagan. I don't know if they really won, to be honest with you. Yeah. Like, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, did they really win? They didn't really win. And Loomis has taken on Michael Myers. <laughs> or Mike Myers to you. Right. <laughs> My friend Mike. <laughs> Dr. Loomis has definitely stared death in the eyes and not backed down. But then again, the father stared the devil in the eyes and didn't back down. Yeah. But who came out on top out of both of them? 
that's the true thing. Dr. Loomis survived. They went against the devil, and the devil won. Yeah, you put it like that. Yeah. I think I gotta give it to Dr. Loomis. Yeah, I think you're right. If he's got the handgun, I mean, he spent one bullet on Rosemary, so, I mean, he's still got at least five more bullets. Well, that's what I was gonna say. Like, he, So, he killed packing. Rosemary, he yeah, shoots the two priests, he's got three bullets left. <laughs> yeah, because originally I was thinking, oh, like, maybe he takes out one of the priests, but yeah, I forgot about the handgun, and yeah. again... One of their greatest gifts is also one of their greatest weaknesses, and that's compassion on people. So, See, I knew your religious background would come in handy. Dr. Loomis wins. <laughs> How many people can we offend on this episode, Jim? <laughs> well, we're, we're, we're working doing a on great it. job. We're, we're doing a fantastic job. We're talking about uh, male chauvinism, sexism, <clears throat> uh, beating up on kids. Uh, let's talk about beating up on some more kids. Sidney Prescott... <laughs> Taking on the Losers Club. Now, this is a handicap match here, all right? Yeah, Seven yeah. on one. Now, now, is this Losers Club before or after Pennywise? The kid version. Okay. So they haven't been tested. Well, they've stood up to him, but they haven't taken him out. Okay. They stood up to him. They put up a, a valiant fight, and then he went into hiding. Well, that's because it's important to know. It is important to know. All right? So, obviously, they're going to start off trepidatious, but then they're going to build up working against that fear. Because they do. They stand up to Pennywise as kids, and they fight him back. But this is also the made-for-TV special and not the reimagining. This is true. This is true. So they... they, They're a little less gritty, and they're a little more kid-friendly. This is true. Yeah. Which may handicap them. However, how many bullets does Sydney have? I don't know. I mean, you gotta think, how many of those kids can she take out on her own without the handgun? That's true. And, I mean, they're just swarmer. But, I mean, you gotta think that she'd be able to get at least a couple of them down first. I would think, yeah. Like, Ben Hanscom's going down. He's fat. She's going to trip him and knock him down. He's, yeah. yeah. He's not getting back up. Now, wait. Are these prepubescent? They probably got raging hormones going. <laughs> so, <laughs> that could be a handicap to some. I don't well. know where you're going with this, Jim. You? Yeah, I think you know exactly <laughs> where I'm going. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because Nev Campbell's hot? Is that what it is? Yeah. The guys so are like, saying, I don't want to. Yeah, so it distracts them, right? I, I'm just, that's right. No, that's right. It's it's six boys and one girl. So I'm just saying. So really, it comes down to Beverly Marsh versus Sydney Prescott, and we're talking young Beverly Marsh. She does have the slingshot, but See, Sydney's got a handgun. <laughs> but did Sydney use all of her ammo? Well, it's Clarice. Well, Clarice probably had a handgun as well, but she probably had a clip. You know, Sydney I think had just a regular like handgun with like a revolver. Well, she had a revolver, so she had six shots. Yeah. Sound like she fired like at least three shots in that thing. So she got three shots left. She's not gonna have to deal with the hormonal boys. They're gonna be sitting over on the but side. But like with... she at least probably used those other three on the hormonal boys because she, I would imagine, used their hormones against them. I think she knocked Ben Hanscom to down to the drop. ground because okay. he's fat boy. She knocked him down and just hit him with a rock and he's dead. So that leaves five boys and Beverly Marsh. Three bullets, two. So two boys and Beverly Marsh. Beverly Marsh gets a slingshot. Which out of the okay, so it really comes down to out of the boys who survives. Not Eddie. He's asthmatic. He probably dies from... Actually, you know what? She probably saves a bullet on that because he's asthmatic. He probably ran out of oxygen and, oh, and could be. Could be. Yeah. All right, so Ben falls... She knocks him down. He's fat. Hits him with a rock. He's dead. Eddie passes out from asthma, lack of oxygen. All yeah. right, so he's out. Okay, so who we got left? Bill stutters. So I don't know if that's going to like hinder him physically. <laughs> <laughs> he just won't be able to yell at her. <laughs> Uh, Stanley's scared. He's petrified. He's a wuss. Yeah. So she probably takes him out pretty easily as well. I think she saves a couple bullets. Okay. 
Okay. So now it comes down to let's say who's better with let's with let's say conservatively she has two bullets left. She's facing one of the boys and Beverly Marsh. Okay. So two bullets left facing those two. Can she elude and evade the slingshot long enough? To get a shot in on Beverly to take her out, because that's that would be her smart bet. I, w- I would say that would be the smart way to She's go. She's got to take, take Beverly out first. That way, she can have a clear shot on the other dude. Yeah, but can she might she use all her bullets on that. I don't but know. she might do that. So it may literally come down to her versus. And Beverly went ten out of ten with slingshot when practicing. It's a tough one, man. It is a tough one. I'm telling you, not so easy, is it, my friend? We might have to give it to the losers. I think the losers What's left of them. <laughs> I think the losers club eke it out. Very, very, very close. They obviously took a lot of damage. They took a ton of damage. They lost numbers for sure. All right, Losers Club advance. Sorry, Sydney. I love you, but you I, ran out of bullets. That's rough. That's it's, rough. That's, it's sad is it what is. it is. It's it sad. Is sad. Jim, we have our final four. Let's ring the bell on the final four round. We have Ripley taking on Dutch. <laughs> Talk about an epic battle. Wow. I'm just saying it right now. Matchup of the tournament. Easily. Gosh. Yeah. See, Dutch has experience in warfare and in the jungle, took on the Predator, went hand-to-hand with the Predator. And he does have military background. He does have military background. Ripley Ripley is more of a scientist, had to kind of be pigeonholed into the warfare, so to speak, as a means of survival. Yeah. But very cunning, very adaptable, able to just navigate things, thinks on her feet. Yeah. Good with weaponry. And just all around smart. Outsmarted the alien. Did outsmart the alien. And the xenomorph is a formidable opponent. So I guess it would really come down to the terrain of where they're at. I think so, too. I think it comes down to where the battle takes place. If it's in space, I give the edge to Ripley. If it's on ground, I give the edge to Dutch. Yeah. Where is it taking place at? That's a very good question. (laughs) That is a very, very good question. And if it's just octagon, then it just becomes... Yeah, Dutch murders her. I mean, <laughs> like quickly in the octagon. I, would, I wouldn't say quickly, only because <laughs> in the octagon. I say yeah, quickly. I, I don't know. She's a survivor, though, dude. She is a survivor. She's a fighter. I, I would say I'd give it to Dutch ultimately, but I think she does some damage. Oh yeah, she's gonna hurt him. She's gonna go down fighting. Oh yeah, I think I'm gonna give it to Dutch just because of his military background and just his ability to think on his feet with regard to warfare. Because yeah. he went straight primitive against the Predator because he had to. Yeah, hand-to-hand almost. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So he he took it bare-bones, primitive, hand-to-hand, and he came out it on top. Literally, it literally would become more, at that point, just a strength thing, not a smarts thing. Yeah. And, and Dutch is ripped. Ripley is, is strong, and no rip- doubt about it. Now, here's but enough- she's not <clears throat> Dutch strong. Here, Let's throw a wrinkle into this, though. What if she's wearing the white cotton panties? Hmm. We're talking about Schwarzenegger, so... The Schwartz is strong with him. We've yeah. discussed this in the yeah. past. Check out the Commando episode in the she, archive. Uh, that gives her more of an advantage. I think so, too. But see, here's the thing. That's the problem with this fight, man. It all comes down to a question of hypotheticals. It's true. If the battle's on land. If she's in cotton panties. All essential questions. These are... <laughs> <laughs> we need answers, Jim. We need answers. I gotta go Dutch. I think it's Dutch, man. He's, too, th- he's too strong. Because he is a trained killer, I think he knows how to turn that switch off, the guy switch, right? So I don't think the cotton panties would matter. This is true. He is. He like is. He's, in battle he's mode, a mercenary. So, yeah. He's he's a hired gun. He's a yeah. mercenary. He so, gets the job done. Yeah. No matter the cost, even if that means missing out on a night of passion. I, hate that with Ripley. I love Ripley. Who doesn't love Ripley? Awesome. I love her cotton Good. panties. All right, not misogynist at all. Moving on to the other side of the bracket. 
<laughs> Dr. Loomis, how the hell did he make it to the Final Four? <laughs> I don't even know. Taking on the Losers Club, the decimated Losers Club. I think it's just Beverly Marsh left. It's just Beverly it's Marsh. Her, her slingshot. Her, her slingshot. Versus how many bullets has he used? Well, he's used three bullets. He's got at least three left. Yeah, but how accurate is he? He's old. It's not like he's made a habit of shooting people except for this battle, so... This is true. So it's not like he's a trained marksman. He is not. He's, he's probably prone. not a 10 for 10. He's prone to miss. He's not a 10 for 10. I, I would say he's not a 10 for 10. Beverly Marsh is a 10 for 10. And she's she's young. Agile. She is young. Agile. She has taken some damage, though. She may even have a gunshot wound. Now, that would change things. Yeah, it would change things. It would weaken her. But she's still... She's a crack shot, for sure. I, I mean, I would have to give it to her. I kind of think so, too, man. Like, even though she's gone through some crap in this tournament thus I mean, far... She's definitely taken some damage oh, after yeah. that. But yeah. yeah. Losers Club Advance. More specifically, Beverly Marsh. Sorry, Dr. Loomis. All right, Jim. Championship matchup. Here it is, man. The Heroes Edition of our Tournament of Death. It all comes down to this, man. Probably the most epic battle known to man that has ever been conjured up and thought of. In a fake setting. And you only you only get that. And you only get that here at Dude What. That's right. No, nowhere else, because no one else is thinking of it. Or wants to think of it. We have Dutch from the movie Predator. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Taking on the Losers Club. What's left of it? Beverly Marsh. We're sort of a club. Yeah, the Losers Club. All right, Jim. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's really tough. I mean, it's not tough at all, Jim. No, look, Dutch murders her. Yeah. Like, and how do you feel about that? <laughs> like he, he murdered, he just murdered a kid. <laughs> I, you know, this tournament got really, really dark. It got dark quick. Really dark. Well, I mean, it's tournament of death. I there's mean, a mixture of, well, you know, but yeah, it's yeah, the heroes, so you kind of have a little hope. Well, I mean, yeah. And there's a lot of sexual tension for some reason in uh, this it's one. It's weird. It's so it's weird. Really weird. Yeah. And then just ended really badly. It, and horribly. Arnold horribly. Schwarzenegger just killing a kid. Yeah. <laughs> totally missed out on sex with Ripley. I don't even know if that was a possibility. And, I'm and just, just saying. murdered a made-for-TV special kid. Yeah. Dutch won. I mean, Dutch is the winner. I mean, clearly. I, I'm trying to it's think rough. if, the if like... If the bracket had worked out some other way, like if Tallahassee had ended up against Dutch, that would have been a good fight. That would have been a that good fight. That would have been good. But this is all totally random, Jim. Just like life. Life is just filled with random instances, and that's true. this is one of those it moments. Dutch true. is our winner. Congratulations, Which Dutch. Which is crazy. Congrats, Dutch. We ring the bell on the tournament. Good job, Dutch. The winner of the Tournament of Death Heroes Edition. I'm sorry to all the people that he laid waste to. Beverly Marsh, Nancy Thompson... Ripley. He killed women. He killed three women in this tournament. I actually hate Dutch. <laughs> Dutch is a douche. Alright. So, Jim, that brings us to the end, man. Uh, this has been a marathon day trying to record this. It's been a lot of fun. And I've had a, a lot of fun doing this. I hope that I'm here for Thanksgiving. Because <laughs> my wife will probably murder me. But <laughs> well, well, we'll go ahead and close out this episode right now and try and get you on the road, man. Thank you guys for tuning into the show. 
our special Halloween edition of the show. Uh, I had a lot of fun doing this. We're a few years removed from this. We haven't done it in a long time. So this has been nice. It's been yeah. nice to do this yeah. to kind of call back on some old bits that we've done on the show and revisit some stuff and have some fun and introduce some new stuff. I mean, it's just, it's been a lot of fun. All around fun. Yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. Uh, I want to thank you guys, like I said, tuning in. Appreciate it. Check everything out. Dude What Related at DudeWhatPod.com. You guys need to get ready for the next edition of our holiday specials. We're going to see you guys in November with our table scraps edition that's basically a behind the scenes show where we just play stuff that is just ridiculous and stuff that did not make air stuff never they made the air yeah. stuff that probably should not make air but we're going to give it to you anyway and we're going to roll out some reels jim won't hear these until the actual show you'll get to listen to us react while we're listening to them and it's a lot of fun just us poking fun at ourselves yes that's basically all it is because yep. that's what we like to we like to entertain you guys this is all for entertainment entertainment yes we like to create a dialogue create a discussion but at the end of the day we just want to have fun yep. and we're hoping you guys are having fun along the journey with us uh while you guys are checking out everything that is dude what related and staying up to date on everything that is dude what related you need to tell four of your friends to join us on this adventure. Get their phone from them. Go into their podcast app, whatever it is, Spotify, whatever. doesn't matter. Get them following us. And while you're at it, getting them following us with that black background and orange lettering, go ahead and leave a review, man. If you can't leave a review on your podcast outlet, head over to Facebook and leave a review over there. It's real simple. We want five stars, obviously. Obviously. Five stars help drive our numbers. It makes us legitimate. makes us look cool. makes us feel like we're special it does yeah i feel special i i do feel special you look special thanks i don't know what that means i don't either anyway you guys can check everything out for us on all the social media stuff we said to go over to facebook and leave a review if you can't leave a review on your podcast outlet you can also check us out on instagram you can check us out on twitter we are at dude what pod or just search for dude what podcast it is super simple we have a thing that we do on facebook that is behind the scenes for just an elite number of people we call it All Access. All Access. It's a super secret ninja group. It's behind the scenes. And basically what we do in there is we post stuff there that the main page doesn't get to see. Yeah. We have fun on there. We have interactions with fans. You get to shape the show in there. You get to ask questions. Amy Carlisle, super fan, asked questions earlier for us for our Halloween special and has a lot of fun doing that. And we post pictures. We post polls. We share blogs. We share all kinds of stuff in there. Live videos. Live videos. Yeah. Everything. It's fun. It's behind the scenes, and it's just for like a tight-knit group. Those Pe of you that like the show. And those you of you that really show. dig the show, really like the show, and like to get in there and hang out with us and interact with us, that's what it's for. And we want you guys to get in on it. And it's real simple. You just got to drop us a line. Hey, you guys at dudewhatpod.com, or get on any of the other social media stuff and just say, hey, hey, uh, guys, I want to get into All Access. All Access. Got to let me into All Access. I want to get in there. I want to be a part of it. That's all you got to do. We used to have to have you guys give us a, a passcode. Yeah. yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Just tell us you want in, man, and we're going to let you in. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, if there's something that you've heard on the show while you have been listening, uh, we got show notes on each one of the episodes. Right there at the bottom, just scroll down, find something. There's a director, a movie, a soundtrack, anything. We'll have notes for virtually everything, and it'll be right down there. And it's real easy to get in touch with all the stuff that you need to get in touch with. I got nothing else, man. This has been a beast of a show. I'm excited. I'm happy. Stay tuned to us in this holiday season because yep. we're going to try and roll out some other fun stuff along the way that's going to pop up in the feed. Uh, I would love to get a Dude Rector's Cut in, a couple of those in. I'd like to get a Good Morning Vietnam Dude Rector's Cut in. That would be good. That'd be a lot of fun. And then maybe get us uh, maybe Princess Bride. 
Ooh. I would love to get that one in. That would be a lot of fun, yeah. too. So we're going to try and get some dude rector's cuts in. Maybe a couple side tables. Maybe a couple side tables. Maybe something dropping on Halloween day. It's possible. Yeah. Got some spooky ghost tales to come up here real soon. Mr. Stephen A. Turner. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of, a lot of fun. I got nothing else, Jim. I think we should go ahead and get on out of here. Thanks for coming in and doing this with me today. Yeah, it's been a blast. Sorry that it's taken forever, but hey, good. we deal with technical issues all the time. It wouldn't be our show if we didn't have it. Am I right, Jim? Uh, uh, that's right. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and hop on out of here, and we will see you guys in November on Table Scraps. A lot of fun. Stick around to the feed and check out all the stuff that pops up along the way, and we'll see you guys in November. Bye, guys. The foulest stenches in the air, the funk of 40,000 years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Trick-or-treaters, Jim. Yeah, this is like the last of the candy. Yeah, we only got like a handful of candy left here. Uh, it's just Let's just give it all to them. There you go. All right, what, what do we got? Let's get one more. Let's milk this bad boy dry. What do we got? All right. You are tasked with remaking a horror movie of your choosing. Yeah. So who plays the lead in Rosemary's Baby? <laughs> of course. You know, for a movie that we swear that we would never talk about ever again, we've we, mentioned we, it we quite a bit. A <laughs> It's definitely a horror. Oh, man. Okay, so I'm remaking Rosemary's Baby. Or any movie you're choosing. Well, I just assumed it was Rosemary's let's Baby. Say, yeah, let's, yeah that's, that's the one that needs to be remade. So, yeah. I'm remaking Rosemary's Baby. Who do I cast in that? Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. I'm trying to think who would be a great lead. Oh, I got it. I'm casting Charlize Theron Ooh. as Rosemary. Okay. Yep. I want Hugh Jackman as the husband. Okay. Yes. I think that would be great. And then I want- See, I was going with like Kate Hudson as the lead. Of course you were, Jim. Of course you were. <laughs> and then Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's basically just how to lose a guy in ten days, but like with more death. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more sinisterness. <laughs> Who plays the baby? Danny DeVito. <laughs> Danny DeVito. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.